Spotinarium. It's truly stupendous. It's um, simply the best. Okay, welcome to uh, Randolph and Treader's show. Um, got a bit of a surprise at the beginning of today's show. Um, the show's already been structured, but um, a big fight on tomorrow night. Um, we've got a Matchroom Promotions um, live event. Um, we spoke, la we spoke um, last night about it with the Billy Joe Saunders uh, fighting against Martin Murray um, for a world title. Um, but surprise guest on tonight, he's on the undercard. Um, he's a Kamalvin lad, um, so uh, uh, know the area well. Great to get him on. Um, he's uh, the Italian stallion, Angelo Dragoni, um, fighting the super, super featherweight. Um, great to have you on, Angelo. Yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to be on the show. No, no, um, no, no problem, no problem. Yeah, we just uh, just finished my way in. Now so I've got a bit of time to spend in the hotel room. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow night, like you just mentioned, um, world title and nice to be on the end of the card. Um, and in, in a great uh, in a great battle as well. It's got a good fight on my hands. I'm looking forward to it. Biggest fight, biggest fight so far of your career. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it. Um, it outnumbers the Welsh title fight they fought for um, the last fight. Obviously, just um, the big, just the big platform I'm on uh, live on Sky Sports, and just the whole week has just been an amazing experience. Obviously, we uh, got here on Monday. Um, have to do our COVID tests, um, and then we have to like uh, isolate in the room. It was like a little uh, big kid at Christmas waiting for the results in the morning, like. <laughs> um, <laughs> So as soon as you had the all clear, all negative, the whole team was negative, and obviously my opponent and stuff, uh, we could like kind of uh, walk around and then have a, a bit of um, a bit of a view of what's going on here. Like, and they just rented the whole floor of the Hilton Hotel in London, so we got a gym area, yeah. cinema area, um, just like it's madness. I feel like a bit of a celebrity, like. <laughs> well, it's a bit. I, I suppose it's a bit nerve wracking because. Um, uh, I found out just now. O'Coley's opponent he tested positive um, for for next for next week's fight. So they you know they're looking yeah. for an opponent. For, there's always last minute doubts, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, there's a lot of it going uh, going along, especially in London. They've just come out of lockdown and stuff. So um, yeah, it's a bit uh, nerve wracking just getting the results. But there's a big stress when they had the the negative uh, result then. So it's happy like. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But how was the way in? Did you make the weight easily? Yeah, the weigh-in was uh, perfect. Um, me and my trainer, Jason Hughes, um, you know, we, we've been at it for the last six weeks when we had the call. Um, and this is the lowest I've ever been uh, in my entire life, actually. So as I'm getting older, it seems to be uh, making the weight a lot better as well. Obviously, the, you know, me and taking my training a lot more serious. Um, my diet's uh, bang on. Um, my missus has helped me a bit of a diet because she uh, competes herself as well. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's been bang on. Didn't struggle. Didn't feel drained. Obviously, you know, when you wake up in the morning for weighing, obviously you're a little bit, uh, you know, I mean, thirsty and stuff. But um, that's only natural for every weigh. But yeah, yeah. I feel I feel great. Like I feel uh, awesome. Just hydrated now. Um, I've had a bit of food back in me, and just uh, yeah, be uh, I'll probably put on about 15, 16 pounds by the tomorrow night. Really? So, um, <laughs> yeah. So okay. Can't wait, like. <laughs> I suppose you've got to um, you've got to be careful not to overtrain. So obviously you've got your own place down in Tlenesi. I had a look with all the um, the you know the different classes, and you've got your own place there. You obviously you've got to be careful not to overtrain. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I've been very uh, lucky. I've um, I employed a young girl, Ava Thomas. She's um, 
she's been with me about a year now, so giving me a hand in the classes. And to be fair to her, she's uh, taken over all the classes, uh, which I do for the for for the academy and stuff. Uh, yeah. So big shout, big shout out to her. Um, she's saved my ass a bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you're getting closer to the fight now. Um, what's the nerves like? Obviously, it's, as you say, it's it's a tough one. As in, would you have rather a big crowd there, or do you think you'd have been more nervous um, compared to fighting, you know, with only a few people there? Um, or, I, or are you thinking this is a big matchroom promotion? It would have been great to fight with a big crowd. What you know? What are your thoughts? Yes, um, not not too sure what to think about it. I'd have to tell you that I suppose after the fight. But um, obviously, when I'm fighting at home, I do sell a lot of tickets. I mean, my last fight for the Welsh title, I sold over 280 tickets. Yeah. Uh, so there's a hell of a crowd there. There's a hell of a buzz, and it does G G one like and it. So, um, but then you go back to the amateur days and you just I've been in some shows, there's about 20 people there, so uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a little bit like that, really. Um, but I know the big f- platform I'm on, I know I've put the work in, um, and like you know, I mean, I'm, re- I'm ready for it, and uh, so it's only going to be me and him in the ring at the end of the day, exactly. Uh, so th- it doesn't matter who you know who's there, really. But obviously, um, they, they'd be in my spirits when they're watching uh, live on Sky Sports as well, like so, um. I like I said, the name as well. I'm 30 years old. This, this guy's a, a youngster as well. So, how will he deal with pressure? I feel like all the pressure is on him. He's got all the hype about him. Um, so I'm just coming to upset the party, like you know, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, as you say, he's he's he's, he's only 20. Um, I looked at his, yeah. I looked at his record. He obviously, um, you haven't fought for a while, neither does he. So, it's you're both yeah. kind of in the same boat with that. But he, you know, his four fights all came within six months of each other. Um, so he hasn't got yeah. he hasn't got a lot of experience, um, you know. I I, I saw um, uh, Hearn uh, uh, was interviewed earlier on, and yeah, he said there's a bit of hype about him, but it's safe, you know. There's there's not much experience there. No, it's not much experience, and that's why um, I think I got the advantage. I've had like re- really tough fights as an amateur, and obviously, do you know what I mean? I've been turned pro when I was 28, so I was a little bit older. Yeah. Really, but I just feel I'm a lot more mature going into it. A lot of people turn pro when they're 17, 18, and they just, you know, they, they wait till they go to about 10, 12 and 0 um, before they get tested. Yeah. Um, and like I explained to my manager, like after my first two fights, I fought two journeymen. But then I was in a big fight with Reece Saunders. He's a former um, former Masters champion. Yeah. Um, a good uh, knockout artist as well. A big, you know, coming to take my head off very punch was a good learning fight. Yeah. I mean, I thought um, someone else making his pro debut. So it was a bit of a, you know, going into a little bit, bit of the unknown and fighting for a Welsh title in my first fight. So not, not many people do that, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so you know, I feel like I've had the experience and, I've, do you know what I mean? I, I think uh, that, that, I don't think he's had this uh, first test that he's fought for during the men. Yeah. Um, so he hasn't had a test yet. So you'll have a, a big shock uh, uh, come tomorrow night, like. Well, he loved the nerves as well. I say he's only twenty. Um, yeah. You know, I was I was listening to him. You know, he's he's, he's caused himself the problem. Um, yeah. But you know, t- to be fair, he wasn't arrogant. Um, like the uh, I can't even think of his name. Who was the the uh, the original of the problem? Um, he lost quite a few fights. Oh, I know. Um, uh, Broner, Adrian Broner. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But when he did come and he said he's called the problem, I was thinking, oh, I I hope he doesn't open his mouth and he's like uh, like, <laughs> like Broner. Um, with, yeah. Looking like Mr. T with twenty gold necklaces around him. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. So that's no, the, he's uh, 
Yeah, he's uh, quite uh, genuine, to be honest. We haven't spoke, spoke like, but uh, he's, he's there to do a job himself, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know I mean? you got to respect him taking a fight, I guess you don't have to. But obviously, um, I do feel like he's been a bit, like, pressurised and taking a fight, really, because obviously, with the pandemic going on, hmm. um, he hasn't had the chance to build his record up a little bit more, maybe. Yeah. Or he hasn't had that middle middle fight kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, so they're trying to rush him through. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that maybe to try and rush the food. Obviously, everybody's itching to get out, and you've got to take a few risks uh, by doing that at the moment. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Obviously, yeah, um, uh, I've seen a few of the fights on YouTube, and obviously, you, you like fighting on the front foot. What um, what difficulties do you think he's um, he's going to have um, with you know with his style? I, I just feel um, I'm just not. I was just standing by him in the doorway to. Um, uh, on the way to the way in now, I just feel naturally a lot, lot bigger than him. Like, um, and it's just going to be a lot, lot more stronger and more man strength kind of thing. Obviously, yeah. he's still, de- still developing his man strength, his man power. Yeah. And I just feel like I've, um, I, d- I just have so many uh, life experiences in and out of the ring and just mental toughness and drive and passion. And I just feel like, uh, I, like I've, I've, got, I've gone through it all. And mm. I deserve this opportunity now, and uh, this is my time. Like I'm going to take full advantage of it. I think and, that, I think what you just said about 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 the mental side of it. You know, it's yeah. Wherever he's fought before, this is it's not just one jump up. Um, fighting against yourself, obviously, he's fighting against the venue as well. You know, he's he's yeah. he's going to walk in there, and you know, whether there's no crowd there or a big, it's it's match room. It's live on Sky yeah. Sports. It's a you exactly. know, it's a, it's a huge jump as well. I think you're, I think you're right yeah. there. Yeah, there's no pressure on me at all. Like I just, you know, what I mean, I, I just wanna, I just wanna go there and win, give me all, and uh, you know, what I mean, like I said, I got the determination, the drive, and the, the hunger to win. And I, he hasn't fought anybody who's had that, you know, who wants to win. And you know, what I mean, the four journey men, you know, you know what they like. They go in just to get the paycheck. They don't care if they win, lose, draw. Yeah, that's their job, you know. So, um, so you know, he's, he's gonna have a fight in his hands. Yeah, it doesn't look like you're very nervous. Any any more laid back? You'll be sleeping on that bed there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, excited for it. Like, I'm really up for it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So obviously, not not looking ahead, um, but obviously you get get the win. What what would be next for you? Well, as I said, he's a four and over three knockouts. He's ranked really, really high for that uh, amount of fights as well. Like considering he hasn't fought, then he's in the top twelve in Britain. So hmm. I think I'm down down around the twenty eighth mark. So. Obviously, if I beat them, I'll be right up in the mix, and so yeah, be maybe pushing towards the British title eliminator, or um, do you know what I mean? I, I just think by winning this, well, Eddie Hearns already said the winner stays on, so it'll give me another opportunity to fight the matchroom and you know open a few more doors, opportunities, and chase some titles. Um, I think everybody will be wanting to fight me after I win this fight, so it's just going to be exciting, really. Well, it, um, it, it'd be great because as I say, you know. It, it, the place to be at the moment is on uh, Dazen and Matchroom. He's 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 brought boxing uh, by the belt buckles in the last ten years. I know p- um, quite a few people knock him, but for what he's done for boxing and bringing people on like yourself, um, yeah, you know, people who've had a few fights, you know, male boxing and women's boxing. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been it's, it's obviously it's very good for you, but it's good for boxing in, in on the whole. Yeah, hundred percent, and especially these times now with this pandemic going on, like. I mean, they're guaranteed to be losing money, like, do you mean? Obviously, no crowd and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's mental, like, it's, uh, it's hard at the minute. 
Um, obviously, with the, the small hall shows going on, um, do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's very costly to put a show on, like, and obviously with no yeah. crowd going on, they're bound to be losing money. Obviously, they're they're investing into it just to keep uh, the the boxing flowing, really, and it's, yeah. it's hard work, like. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, of but obviously, I've been gifted an opportunity, and I just feel like everything's happening at the right time. It's all about timing. It's all about taking chances, opportunities, and grabbing them with both hands. You know. Exactly, as you say, it's being in the right place at the right time, and obviously, this yeah. this is a perfect you know perfect opportunity, perfect opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, obviously, uh, the Dragoni family is a famous name in Carmarthen in the past. Um, yeah. For sporting performances, rugby, boxing, and obviously the whole yeah. of Carmarthen and Tlenetli will be rooting for you when the when the bell rings. Um, yeah. Hopefully you get 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 the win and uh, obviously move yeah. on then up into the top as you say top ten of the British and uh, hopefully that will be a that'll be a great result tomorrow night. Yeah, definitely, mate. Thank you for having me on the show and I uh, really appreciate the time as well. No, um, no, no, it's a pleasure. It's, uh, the, the time is uh, is yours. Hopefully you can have a catch up after the fight, maybe. Yes, definitely, definitely. I said we got um, uh, obviously the Anthony Joshua fights on next week, so we've got um, we've got. Um, uh, he was a top pro amateur um, yeah. back in his day on talking about that. So, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We'll get, get you back on very soon. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you very much, mate. No, thanks very much and good luck tomorrow night. Thank you. Okay, evening all and welcome to Sporting Arium with Randolph and Treaders Sports Talk. It's Friday night um, and we've got a good show for you tonight. Um, I can't start tonight's show without paying tribute to one, if not the greatest footballer um, that I've ever seen. Uh, World Cup winner in 86, single-handedly won, um, the, well, he basically took Argentina to the final back in 1990. Um, Diego Maradona was a player every kid in the 80s and 90s wanted to be. Um, his, his size, his low centre of gravity, it made him virtually impossible to play against. Um, his speed off the mark, his power, the ball was super glued to his left foot, he was poetry in motion. Um what made his career even more incredible, the pitches um, back then were terrible compared to today. Um, defenders could basically physically assault you um, and you weren't allowed, you know, you couldn't do anything back. Um, so rest in peace, Diego Maradona. Um, you made every kid back then play longer, uh, train harder just to be like you. Okay, um, on to tonight's show. Uh, coming up later, we have the PBC International Silver Boxing Champion, Nicola Hopewell. Um, she'll be talking the rise of women's boxing, her career, um, and her support for Sheffield United. Um, we've also got Dan Head. Um, he's on the football fan zone talking about Liverpool, their up-and-coming game against Wolves. Um, but first, um, we've got a special guest. Um, a bit of info for the listeners first. Um, he's a former Thnetley, um, Wales and British Lion rugby player. Um, back in the 70s, it was the golden era of Wales rugby, um, where basically Wales number one in the world, best team at the time. Um, he made his Welsh debut at 21 um, after only a handful of games for Athlone. Um In 1972, he reached the legendary status from Wales when he scored the only try and the winning try um, in the now famous game where Athlone beat um, the mighty All Blacks. Um, he played with the likes of Barry John, Gareth Edwards, JPR Williams, uh, toured South Africa with the British Lions in 74, um, which is the Invincibles Tour, regarded as their, uh, the greatest rugby tour in history, um, winning 21 games and a draw. Um, it's also synonymous for the uh, 99 call, which we'll come on to later. 
Um, to this day, he's still involved um, with sport in South Wales. Um, as more sportsmen and women will tell you, when you grow up, you're inspired by sports people, men or women. Um, but many people will tell you that you're, you're inspired by your teachers. Um, and in particular, if you're a sports person, it'll be a PE teacher, um, you know, who helped you along the way, helped you achieve your goals. Well, um, my next guest, um, he was actually my PE teacher um, through secondary school. Um, he's inspired many people, hundreds of school schoolboys throughout the years to excel at their sports. Um, so I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank him from all of us um, for all the hard work he's done over the years. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, I welcome Roy Burgess with us. Um, how are you doing, Roy? Very good, Steve. Uh, well, hi, everybody. Yeah, glad to be with you. Yeah, and it's nice to catch up with Steve. Uh, I, I still, uh, he still owes me a cross-country run for cheating on the uh, in mid-December, where he jumped <laughs> up the wall to hide from me on that. So, uh, Steve, don't come back to Kamada unless you can do some running for me. <laughs> how did them? Um, before we start off, how did uh, how did your birthday go? How was the spa? Oh, you shouldn't mention that. The spa was wonderful. A hot tub in a, a lodge down in Larn, home of Dylan Thomas. Yeah, um, yeah, I was only 21 again, so that was, uh, yeah, lovely. I could really enjoy it. You know, do a couple of lengths of the hot bath was marvellous. <laughs> yep. So apart from relaxing in your garden, um, what are you up to at present? You keeping busy during the uh, pandemic? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, obviously, rugby, uh, schools rugby is non-existent at the moment, uh, just like all junior rugby, although in Wales, we, the WRU have allowed um, a touch rugby, which I can't quite understand. I can understand the development skills, but uh, playing touch rugby, you know, that is contact down from person to person. And with the other regulations, protocols, that are in place, you know, they, they brought this in. But great, it uh, encourages the clubs to do um, some activities, although uh, with this last week, um, Mark Trayford, another Carmarthen boy, um, you might remember his brother, Phil Draker, teaching with us in, uh, in Maradunum School. But uh, yeah, he's announced that uh, no rugby to go on. So, um, I run a district, the district, district school boys, district side, and yeah. because we've got to travel to play other districts, then uh, we are not allowed. As it's a big gap at the moment, uh, both in my <laughs> my life, because you know you're involved week in week out, you know, uh, organising the fixtures under 11s and under 15s, um, and in fact we haven't finished last season yet. We haven't had our presentation dinners. Um, our meeting up for uh, an official squad photograph hasn't been allowed. Uh, so I've got a, a photographer who's doing a montage of individual shots sent in by parents. So um, we're in the middle of that. So, you know, that doesn't a lot. And uh, I've just been doing um, uh, quite a bit of uh, genealogy, family history, which I'm interested in, just like your mum, Carol who I've been in touch with uh, as well. So what a lovely lady. Uh, <laughs> you know, she, she is, we go back a long, long way. You know, I don't know where you've come from. It must be <laughs> far, 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 far. 
funny. Yeah, so we're, bu we're busy. We're busy on that service go on, Steve. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, yeah. But did you did you watch the um, see the England game on Saturday? Uh, yes, I did. I, um, I, you know, well, I watched all the Wales matches, the odd yeah. couple, but I must admit, uh, the the other two internationals on Sunday, uh, I gave it a break. As too too much rugby, I find the the game a bit boring at the moment. You know, the the press have uh, hammered rugby union at the moment through the uh, through the kicking game and uh, excessive kicking back and forth. You know, ping pong rugby they call it. But yeah, I did watch it and uh, uh, I was pleased with the Welsh performance. They upped the game a bit and they had what we call a bit of hoyle, that's a Welsh term. <laughs> um, and you, they, they fronted up, uh, you know, we always believed that England was going to be too strong. They, they're they're, they're uh, riding the crest of a wave at the moment. And uh, although I must say they weren't, uh, uh, they weren't up to their best performance on Saturday, but uh, oh, they were f far better than Wales and winning. But uh, a lot of pluses uh, on that. Uh, we still got a long way to go. Yeah, I thought um, first half is it was defensive effort was really good because you know we've been knocked in the last couple of months because obviously since Sean Edwards left, um, Pivock obviously he's lost six games in a row before Georgia. I thought the first half they were up up quick. They were flat. Um, I just, you know, obviously going forward, there wasn't um, there wasn't a lot there because they didn't have a hell of a lot of ball. Um, but I, I just thought that, you know, the, the first English try, um, the video ref telling the ref that was, um, you know, <laughs> he was tackled in the air um, and the ref ignored it. He, he said, no, just, you know, just carry on. And if it was 7-3 at half time, it could have been a different game second half. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, little instances like that, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, in fact, I was I had a um, tea with um, Tony Thomas, uh, a three-time British Lion second row, uh, and former captain, and um, he said, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those tackles where uh, bigger went up in the air and he came into the player. Now, it was very difficult for a player to get out of the way or even turn his back. If he turned his back, he'd form a bridge yeah. and he'd, he'd be worse off. So, uh, you know, I, to be honest, yes, you know, it did go against Wales, but I think um, a bit of common sense was there. What I felt was uh, a much more uh, difficult tackle was the one on, um, on Josh Adams uh, on the far side where he yeah. went in with his shoulder and uh, you, you could see with his arms, they weren't going to come round and uh, do the tackle. And he was just a bit high. I thought that was that deserved uh, something more than than uh, we got on that. But um, the the biggest issue, issue over, over the weekend was uh, the scrummaging and the interpretation of the scrum. Yeah. Um, yeah. We expected uh, that's a weak area with us at the moment, but uh, we expected England to be strong. They've got even even their um, third or fourth string of you know give us an outing. But um, I, I I do feel uh, 
the referee left questions in the mind of, well, definitely the, the Welsh front row, and on his interpretation, he penalised uh, Sammy Lee uh, quite a few times. Yeah. But what Delmi said uh, was that uh, he was looking at, um, hang on, who's on that side now, not Marla. Um, uh, well, anyway, the, the prop, his, his legs, uh, when he went down, were way back. Now, they're supposed to be in line with the hips, aren't they, to start yeah. off? Yeah. I might be wrong, but uh, you know his legs went right back, so he was causing pressure on the front, and he caused it to collapse, and that was uh, Jeremy's interpretation. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, I've never played in the front row apart, of course, as a uh, seven-a-side rugby. Yeah. And uh, it, it is an area of contention at the moment. You know, I uh, really feel that. Although, I must say, um, England have got a better scrummage and pack. They're bigger all round, you know? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and what we are lacking at the moment is uh, ball carriers. And we've struggled against last... Uh, well, Ireland, Scotland, France, uh, and, uh, and England. Hey, you know, they, they, they've got more ball carriers up front than we have. Yeah. And, um, you know, our, our back rowers have to stay down because of the scrummage. So we haven't been able to uh, release them as such, you know. So, you know, this is a, this, this is a, a project in progress. And, uh, you know, uh, Pivak has got to have a look. It's funny, I was looking at uh, Wales Online and there was an article uh, on that where uh, they named uh, players who are either injured or out of favour with Pivot and they were uh, favourites of Gatlands. And in fact, it's a very, very strong, well, 15 to 20 players that uh, are out at the moment. And as you know, Wales haven't got the depth at, the, you know, at present. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, it's um, it's uh, it's a good exercise uh, this autumn uh, uh, cup or whatever we call it, uh, and uh, you know, they've blooded a lot of people, and they've given the people a chance. There's a few taken uh, taken that chance, like uh, uh, is it Zamet on the on the wing? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought him in attack and but also in defence as well. For a young for a young lad, he looks a great talent. Well, his, his defence was terrific. Um, you know, uh, another talking point. I'm just looking at the team now that's been announced. Um, uh, as uh, George North is in the centre again, and uh, you know, I feel that George, outstanding player over the years. But he's gone very quiet on the wing. He's quite happy to remain out of it. Yeah. Like uh, the likes of Josh Adams comes off his wing yeah. and looks down the middle and looking for work and wants the ball all the time. Now, um, we haven't seen that from George uh, uh, of late. And you know, he can't do it. And uh, you've seen him over the years. And uh, But uh, they play, play him at a centre. Um, when I've seen him at centre, obviously that's my, my former position. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel his his defensive alignment isn't good and his natural um, distribution of the ball isn't quite good enough international level at present. So I think it's a big risk, but uh, it's given him a chance at uh, getting back into the team and 
um, sort of uh, showing you what what he can do. I just like yeah, I, I, I'd say obviously that's only just come on now. You got uh, you know. Uh, that's 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 good. I'm looking at Kieran Hardy and, and Callum Sheedy. But yeah, on 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 North, for me on the wing when you've got plenty of space, then yeah, okay, he's he's got time. He's got the speed to do. You know, he's got a sidestep. But when you're in the centre at close quarters, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to be crash ball. There's just not nothing else from him coming. No, from... I agree with you. I agree with you. And you know, to be honest, George's defence on the wing has been found wanting on several occasions, where he's found himself in between players, and he's not sure which which way to go. You know, so uh, yeah, uh, there we are. Let's you know, he's he's been given another chance uh, at that spot. He's played about five times at centre uh, for Wales. Yeah. yeah, that was his position when he was going through. Um, the, uh, the age uh, grade levels, you know, and uh, yeah. uh, in our schools. But, um, yep, yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, the uh, Harpas, Kieran Hardy. Uh, Kieran came on. I've seen Kieran over the years. Um, uh, he's terrific service. And I'd say one criticism I saw of him as he came through the ranks was uh, that he was unselfish and he was feeding people all the time and he needed to do the odd break and uh, he has developed that part of his game uh, where he's training with Garrett Davis and the Scarlets and uh, you know uh, Garrett could at the moment learn a bit off uh, uh, Kieran and look at the speed of his pass, because uh, uh, Gareth, his work rate is terrific, and uh, he needs, he, he, he looks up to see if anything's on before he passes. Yeah. You know, he, you know he's got to sharpen up that, so they could bounce off each other, but uh, Kieran uh, deserves another chance. He's got the ability to run, and uh, I'll fingers crossed him. He did all right in his first international. I thought he played well. I thought he played well. Obviously, because there's no crowds, there's a lot less pressure. Um, and I, yeah, I thought I thought his, as you said, you mentioned his distribution. I thought it was quick ball, a lot quicker than what we've seen in the last six months. You know, you um, you mentioned you mentioned earlier about um, you know, not watching some games because they're becoming boring. Um, I, I, when I, when I was talking to Darren last week, you know, it's what the the I think the most it, you know it might be the same for you. The most frustrating part for me is you get the ball back and then. Oh, hold on, box kick. They've kicked it straight back to them. What is going on there? Uh, exactly. Um, um, I'm on a Zoom meeting with the uh, friends from college, all P uh, people, and uh, on a Monday uh, we analyse everything, and uh, that is the big uh, morning point <laughs> and talking point yeah. uh, is the kicking and the kicking down people's throat. Now, when I was a youngster, I can just remember back that far. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm quite surprised. I did all that you mentioned earlier on. I can't quite remember. But anyway, um, a coach there, a chap called Roy Bish, he was uh, on the Welsh setup then. And he said, you do not kick the ball unless you've got a 50% chance of getting it back. Now, yeah, if you're going to kick, get your distance, but put it in range of the follow-up players so they can contest the ball as, as it lands. And a lot of that is going straight down the people's throats and um, 
they're just running back and we're on defence. And our, our, our defensive line is not going up quick enough as a whole. And so, yeah, yeah, as you say, that develops into the ping pong uh, sort of uh, uh, game then. But, when, when you're uh, saying about when you're saying about 50-50, you know, I well, I haven't seen, seen the statistics, but I would have thought that 95% of box kicks, they go in 40, 50, 60 metres, and then nine, at least 95, maybe even up as close to 100%, the opposition get the ball. There's, 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 it's no way, it can't be 50-50 because they're just, there's nobody anywhere near it. Even Rizami can't get near it. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's funny, you know, we, uh, I was brought up, Karen James and uh, some quality coaches at that time. Yeah. And we, we had what they called the back three triangle. That's the running full back and the two wings yeah. uh, would align deep. And they start counter that. You, you start running towards a touchline and do a switch or dummy switch. And, you, you know, uh, it's, it's attacking it. You're getting the ball um, back to uh, your forwards. And, and of course, uh, our role in the center then was to go back and link up with the, the counter attackers. Yeah. But you don't see much counter attack in these days. You know, it's, uh, it's a shame. Uh, you know, um, are people fit enough to, you know, it's a different sorts of fitness uh, within uh, rugby. It's all power stuff. And sometimes you need more uh, uh, power endurance work so that the people can cover the ground and yes, chase up, but then you've also got to get back to help the counterattack. So that, 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 uh, that you've got to have endurance for that. Well, I, I've I've got a couple more points, but, I, I, but I'll jump forward to basically a question that I was going to ask you, and it's it's, it's relating to what you've just mentioned. You know, back in the day when you were playing, um, it you know when 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 you watch it back on the TV, it was free flowing. You know, there doesn't seem to be much individuality now. You know, you got you you only need to go back to the you know the seventies and eighties. Phil Bennett, you know, the sidestep, even even Jonathan Davis in the nineties. And, and and even Shane Williams, you know, more recently, the modern game now that, you know, the centres are six foot four, 16, 17 stone, um, you know, they don't need to have the skill because literally it's, you know, you are Jamie Roberts then is a perfect example. It was, you give him the ball, he's, he's, he's coming in, running from 10 metres, it's crash ball, crash ball. Um, and there seems to be, I, again, I don't know the statistics, but I would have thought that the, that the forwards, the split of them having the ball compared to the backs, is going to be a lot higher than it was 20, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I remember I was, uh, my playing days, I was six foot one, 14 stone. And you 14, were big? Fo yeah, I was regarded as a big centre. Same as Ray Gravel, my centre partner. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, Gravel was always about four pounds heavier than me, but he was any shorter. But, he, you know, um, we regard as big centres. Now, you know, Jonathan Davis, he's about 17 stone. Something yeah. like that solid mind. You've got to give him credit for that. But then a, a lot of um, a lot of centers uh, are not uh, or backs. Did I say? Uh, well, they're all over 15, 16 stone. I think Liam Williams, full back, uh, he punches his way. He's he's around the fourteen. He's one of the lightest, I think. But um, yeah, and he, and he looks he looks skinny. Game, sorry, Steve. The, the game has changed a lot, uh, where we had more room to run as well in those days. Uh, now, a big um, contentious issue with me is uh, 
the break, the, the contact era, they call it. Yeah. Um, you know, before you sort of get malls, malls have disappeared from the game as such. Yeah. Um, you've got, uh, it's a ruck. Well, it isn't a ruck. It's, it was what was termed a pile-up at one stage in the 70s and 80s, yeah. where, you know, everybody just piled on the floor. Now, yeah, people are allowed to present the ball now. Um, right, as soon as they tackle, present the ball, put, put it down. But you see people holding it on the floor in their hands. Well, if they're on the deck, leave it go. But uh, there aren't any, dare I say, rucks. It's just people diving in. And these days, they're supposed to stay in their feet, but they don't. They come over the top. People don't contest that as as much. Yeah. They just uh, stand out by the hindmost foot. Now, the hindmost foot of the of the contact area is, uh, dare I say, only two players wide. Whereas years ago, it would be about four players wide. So you have that extra space. Um, I believe taking a tip from rugby league, and perhaps a lot of people will be uh, annoyed about that. But when you tackle, people have got to retreat to 10, 10 uh, meters. Yeah. Now, if they had a 10 meter line back from the hindmost foot of the rug, right? And um, if you're not attached to uh, a contact area, you, know, uh, you have to define that then get back the 10 metres. That would give scrum halves, outset halves, backs, a lot more room in which to work. And I think it would open up the game and be more of a spectacle, a spectacle in that way. So what are your thoughts then? So, so from, ba from, from back then, gradually um, through to today, obviously it's, it, it went professional when, uh, um, I suppose back in the late 80s, early 90s, when uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Davis went up to, uh, up to Widnes around that era. What, uh, everybody's two, three stone heavier. They're bigger. They're faster. But as a spectacle for the supporters, do you think the progression has been uh, good or not? Uh, no, no. To be honest, um, uh, I don't think as a spectacle for spectators. That's, that's all I hear is um, oh, it's got boring. It's got boring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I started watching international. I switched over. I watched another game. And there needs to be a, a bit more excitement, as you say, rather than the, the bulldozer forwards and the bulldozer backs. Say. It's nice to see the ball moving and somebody making a break and a sidestep. That's the excitement uh, uh, the rugby uh, watching public wants, you know, it's entertainment. Well, you mentioned rugby league. It's get it's getting to be stop as stop start as what rugby league is. That's that's why I don't. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of rugby league for that reason. It's just, you know, I, there's just two lines and you've got to break through. Stop start, stop start. It's like the kind of a watered down version of American football for me. Um, whereas the rugby union was always a case of it's free flowing. Um, you know, as you, hopefully Saturday, a perfect example as you mentioned just now, Callum Sheedy. Um, he looks like. Uh, for me, like the next Jonathan Davis, he looks very, very good and skillful. Yeah, but uh, will he be allowed to run? Because you know, if the you know, the defences are so well organised now within the inside channels, then uh, everything's sealed up. How, how often have you seen an outside half making run? I think um, uh, what's his name from Ireland? Um, 
Johnny Sexton. Sexton. I think he's the only one I've seen make a, 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 an outstanding break uh, in the last couple of seasons, you know, at international level. Now. Mm. But, you know, uh, everything's sealed up there, you know, uh, and they're so well organised. That's, that's, that's it with the professional game. And also um, with uh, the backroom boys, uh, we call them, um, is, uh, you know, they analyse the games, they analyse each team, each player, and, uh, you know, they, <laughs> they do a thorough work on his weaknesses uh, and his strengths, and they counteract that, you know, that, you know, it's happening in soccer, it's happening uh, cricket everywhere, it's analysis now, it tends to win the game. Yeah. I remember when, um, uh, well, not saying that. As he's done very well um, playing in England, Sheedy. Um, he's, he's made, you know, I've, he's, he's ripped a few teams apart. He did well against, um, was it Toulon they played in the final? Um, he, 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 yeah. he, you know, if, if, if you've got the key to unlock it, then you've got a chance. And I think he, and he's one of those players that's got that, he's got that X factor. So we'll yeah. have, obviously we'll have to wait and see. It's very early days, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a youngster, he's got talent and, you know, uh, 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 got to look at his defence. I know I've got dumb bigger. Uh, we missed him uh, we'll get, well, when we're on the back foot because he does go up and he does tackle and he, he blocks our defence. I think, uh, uh, was it against Scotland where we had that uh, typical shot up? And he was thinking, oh, uh, Big is going to be there. But Big was injured, and there's a huge uh, gap inside. And uh, I took advantage of it, obviously. Yeah. 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 Oh, Sheedy's in Bristol, isn't he? He's, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing really, you know, yeah. he's, he's doing well. You've got Zamet, Zamet's doing well. There's, there's two or three Welsh boys um, playing in the English League who've, I'm, I'm just glad that they've yeah. had, you know, they've had the opportunity, like, uh, you know, T Tomkins looks another very good player, and obviously all these coming through at the same time. Um, yeah, and obviously you, you mentioned just now about the back row. You know, Navidi, Moriarty, uh, Tipperick wasn't playing, and obviously um, Kamalin's own Ken Owens uh, um, is uh, he's, he's healing well. Um, he messaged me. I, I messaged him a couple of weeks ago, and he said his uh, his shoulders healing well. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Kamal, uh, Kamal then, and developed uh, with Ken. Ken's injured. Of course, uh, Ryan Elias also from Kamar. Then yeah. he's, uh, you know, he, they all came through our our district side, and uh, it's disappointing this time for the first time for a long while we haven't had uh, a representative from Kamar then in the international team. You were know, uh, last uh, start of this uh, last year we had five at one time. You had Ken Owen, Ryan Elias, Ali Davis from now as Saracens. Yeah. Um, you had uh, Jonathan Davis and his brother Cubby, all come out then. Yeah, and uh, we mentioned Bristol. Dan Thomas, uh, for your English listeners, Dan Thomas Flanker, uh, he's also from Carmarthen. And uh, uh, Will should be having a look at uh, him because he's he is an outstanding player, won so many man of the matches for Bristol. Uh, and. You know, <laughs> dare I say, uh, he's got has gone past sell by date now. But um, uh, Reese Priestland, uh, Reese Priestland, yeah, I Reece, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, I, 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 you know, <laughs> we've had quite a few uh, from that. And 
uh, which is nice. Those people have been up in the Welsh squad and then coming through from uh, on the Scarlet's players, we've had another three, uh, two second rows, Jack Price um, and uh, Javen Sebastian as a prop. And Josh Helps as the other second row uh, being fed through. So we're very proud of uh, the development going from Camarden. And dare I say, uh, the president of the WRU is Gerald Davis, a Camarden uh, district player. Uh, we've also got Steve Jones, the coach. Uh, there's uh, Dale Thomas, who's the uh, psychologist there now. And uh, sorry, uh, finally, you've got um, uh, Rodri Bound, who is the analyst who sits in front of the coaches on there. So, you know. Uh, We've got we're very rare we can blow our own trumpet, but you know, it's nice to see Kamal then up there contributing to Welsh rugby and not only Welsh rugby, but uh, you know, uh, rugby in Britain, to be honest. Yeah, that links nicely. Um, Dreaders isn't a um, isn't a well, he's not he's not he's not not a rugby fan, but he's more of a football fan. Um, so he, he's got a couple of questions for you as a as a non um, as a non rugby uh, enthusiast, I suppose I could call him. Yeah, I'm quite happy with what Spurs are doing at the moment. Uh, they're my team. Um, yeah, right, what what questions team. have you got, Treaders? <laughs> um, what's this cool 99 that uh, Randolph mentioned earlier? Oh, it's an ice cream I bought down uh, on the beach. <laughs> yeah, the old cone with the flake in it. Yeah, that's all we ate out in South Africa. <laughs> well, it, it's... Um, uh, when we went on tour, uh, Willie John McBride had been on four, can you imagine, f f in total five Lions tours. And uh, with the All Blacks and the South Africans, there was intimidation. And, and uh, the provincial sides tend to rough up the Lions uh, before the Test Kings. And when we, when we went out there, the first couple of meetings, he said, right, uh, uh, we're going to stand up and we're not going to be intimidated. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's uh, one for all and all for one. <laughs> and so then, and he, he's, I always guess, we will go on. We will not surrender. And, you know, that was, I, I never heard the 99 actually called, but it was an instinct in your head that if your teammate was uh, being uh, roughed up and that sort of, then it was, you'd go in and everybody would pile in because the philosophy then was uh, the referee's not going to send the whole team off. Okay. You know, I, I think uh, referees got wise to that later on. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it was... I remember uh, I played in one eastern province and uh, my winger Clive Reese, uh, <laughs> it was like a battle of the ants. Uh, there was Clive, uh, not very big job, having a, a bit of a fisticuffs with the outside half, small guy. And uh, of course I went in to help, but before I could do, uh, <laughs> the, our, our flanker, I won't mention names, uh, laid out. <laughs> 
out and off and he fell at my feet. It was that quick. You know, and uh, there's a lot of stories uh, about Phil Bennett when the, <laughs> in the third test when everybody piled in. Gordon Brown was laid on the floor and there were some lovely punches going in. And uh, Phil Bennett and JJ Williams, God rest his soul, uh, <laughs> were running away. <laughs> from the fight and J.P.R. Williams, tough nut, was running towards uh, towards <laughs> it to get his punches in. But uh, yeah, 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 sort of happy memories going way back. Yeah, good old 48 years ago now, blinking that kind of, to, there we are. It's a good story though, I like that. Um, yeah. But uh, the Lions tours in those days were three and a half months when I went on and that had to be cut short. What do they go out now for three and a half weeks? Yeah, it's totally different, isn't it? Totally different. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, Treaders. No, no, it's good. There's uh, two rugby teams in Kamar that I understand. <laughs> he's been the, feeding, uh, Steve has been feeding you well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easy on. Kamar and Quinns and Kamar and Fletic, yeah. Yeah, how's the rivalry between them? Is it still uh, intense? Uh, it's with some families it tends to be families groups. You know, it's uh, it's like the battle of the clans in Scotland. Mm. Uh, you know, some uh, families that are attached and they will never get that out of the system. But things have mellowed in the last few years, especially when we uh, regional rugby came in and they had a, a what they call a tier system. Uh, Carmarthen Quinns is in the Premiership. And uh, below them, we've got feeder clubs. So Carmarthen Athletic uh, have become a feeder club to the Quins. Uh, Ken Owens uh, started and Ryan Elias started with the Athletic. They progressed to a higher level of play with the Quins and then the Quins feed them into the Scarlet. So uh, it has mellowed, but... Uh, uh, there's still that rivalry with the youth. You know, the young stags wanted to prove themselves. And uh, yes, yeah, I w yeah, that's why a lot of people don't go out on a Saturday night in Camarthen, because some of the young stags have had a couple of beers and uh, <laughs> uh, things happen. It's like, it's like the true wild west town. Record. Okay, so yeah, so my last question. Um, now, obviously, Camarthen, very small place. Um, but it's obviously um, chucked out a fair few famous sports people. Why do you think that is? Why are so many sports people coming from Kamal that are making it into the game? Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just think they had nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The cinema only arrived, was it, 20 years ago? <laughs> you know, we had good runners because they were either chasing the cows or the sheep around the area. They get yeah, more the sheep. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> now tell, me, tell me, Thomas, uh, people say he's from Carmarthen, but uh, tell me, Thomas always says, no. I'm from Bankervillein. Bankervillein is a little village about five miles down the road from us towards uh, Pembrokeshire. And, you know, uh, 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 Jonathan Davis and 
as um, Brother Kabi is there, Kiran Thomas, Cyclus, he's from, from Bankaville, or his, his uh, father was, and you know, uh, tell me, Seth, they're not from Kamal, then they're from Bankaville, in Bankaville, in <laughs> I said, you know, crikey, they must have been a good milkman traveling the rounds there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I don't know what it is other than Kamal, then it's just like there's certain hot spots throughout, you know, uh, and it's, it's just a sporting culture. People just enjoy the sport, whether it's soccer, whether it's rugby. Uh, in fact, we've just talked about rugby, but uh, being a P-man, uh, I've been involved in development. I've organised the National Gymnastics Championships. I represented Wales Athletics myself. In fact, I competed against Daly Thompson in the decathlon. And uh, I've even played cricket, I think, against you, Steve, was it? I'm not sure. Uh, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah I, I played, um, you know, just, just for edge cricket and... I did a lot of cycling, canoeing, and I just got involved in everything, you know. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> I just happened to hit it good at rugby, you know, that's the main thing, you know. It's, uh, uh, my brother represented the British three A's, hurdler, high jump, and my, my sister was a, a high jump champion, but, uh, you know, why, I don't know. I do not know. You know, uh, as you said, it's such a small, such a small town, and you say even that's just rugby. You know, you've got you know Matthew Stevens at snooker. Um, I said Stephen Jones. You know, um, obviously most capped yeah. outside half of Wales. You know, um, you know he was he was we we played. He was a couple of years younger than me at football, but we 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 both used to play um, for the Wanderers cricket together. He was a good, you know, he's a decent decent batsman, good fielder, and then went on afterwards to you know to have a hundred odd caps for Wales and play for the British Lions. But there's so many for a small yeah. area. I think you've probably hit the nail on the head. There's, there's not a lot else to do. <laughs> well, you, you, you've got your Ian Evans uh, came through us. Justin Thomas, who played cricket with you. Yes, uh, yes. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's uh, Gary Pierce, Phil Lewis, Welsh international wingers, uh, Taro. Um, Emma Lewis. Emma Lewis, yeah, yeah, there's... We have a lot of rugby ones, but I, I wasn't going to mention that. We're trying to broaden it a bit, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm involved in the sports panel, a selection in uh, with the town council, and uh, it's fascinating uh, what's going on in the town and the honours that youngsters uh, have brought to the town. You know, uh, uh, from judo, taekwondo, cycling, uh, all, all, all gymnastics, all sorts of things. It's absolutely amazing and yet they don't get the recognition uh that rugby does no you know, uh, or soccer does you know if you do well at soccer headlines and everything and the, uh, these youngsters aren't so it that that is a good um, uh dare i say avenue for for them to get publicity and get recognized and awarded you know yeah yeah but, I'll mention yeah, well, I'll mention I'll, I'll mention an old an old mate of mine, Kev Kevin Evans, fifteen times Welsh heavyweight champion. Obviously, he's doing well down in um, down in Carmarthen with his um, with his with his boxing gym as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, is 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 absolutely uh, terrific. In in fact, uh, Steve, your uncle played for Carmarthen Town soccer in goal. Oh, David. So, yeah, yeah, he, uh, David Evans. He was. Uh, a good friend of mine and a couple of years older, but I used to go and watch him play for the, for the town on a Saturday afternoon. 
you know. Uh, in fact, I played for Kamarthi Town Soccer. Yeah, well, not 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 for the seniors, for the junior teams. But uh, then uh, I had to go and uh, do rugby. As long as I was doing something, I was quite happy, and I've got that philosophy now. Uh, you know, as long as a youngster is doing something, uh, involved in sport, do anything. Yeah, exactly, know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's important. Everybody to his own strength now these days, rather than as it used to be years and years ago. Uh, you were in school and you had to do rugby or athletics and that thing. And that culture was there even when I was uh, in school. You were expected to teach rugby, and in the summer it was uh, athletics. And then. Um, uh, yeah, I wasn't a brilliant cricketer myself, but I ensured that uh, there was cricket for the boys in, in school. It, it is, uh, it's important. Yeah, it was rugby and cricket. Well, obviously, I, I was, I was, I was cricket and football, but there was, there was no um, the astroturf arrived after I left school. You know, there was, there was, there, it was, it was that it was rug, rugby or nothing really back in the day. Um, obviously, it's good now that there's a variety of sports, but obviously, I think rugby still has to be the primary sport down there because um, it's, it's in the blood. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, it, the opportunities are there now for all youngsters. Uh, there's no excuse. There's something else, swimming pools. Uh, well, they've just relayed the track now. I don't know if you've seen it, Steve. Yes, yeah, uh, I have, yeah. It, it's eight lanes, eight lanes blue, and it, you know, it, it's wonderful. You've got the leisure centre, the AstroTurf. Uh, you've got uh, come on, Linton Soccer to re, uh, put a, a, a 4G pitch down. And you know, the Wanderers got the cricket down, uh, grass, and uh, that's going well. So uh, the opportunity and the coaching there is, is wonderful. And I've just got to praise all the, the volunteers who uh, give up their time for, for, for these kids. You know, um, I'm very grateful to the, the odd few that give me the opportunity, you know. So, um, yep, yeah, I think it's very important. Once you finish, give it back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Well, yeah. it's been it's been it's been great to have you on and to uh, to see you to see you there in front of me on the screen. It's uh, obviously it's been a while. We've spoken on the phone. You know, I spoke to you a couple of weeks back on the phone, but it's uh, it's actually great to see you in the on the screen in front of me. I'll just uh, get my video. Well, on. when you when you when you come down and uh, to see your mother, I hope that's a bit more regular. All right, then uh, give us a shout and we meet up for a coffee. Yes, that would be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. I could even bring Carol along with you. <laughs> we'll, see, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it's like with the um, with the lockdown now over the next few months because obviously she's been uh, she's been shielded in, um, yeah, like yeah, like, a, like a lot of people. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's got a, a, a chest problems, has not she? So uh, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Well, uh, give her my love. Okay, welcome back. We're here on Sports and Area in the UK and worldwide. Uh, subscribe free on YouTube. Um, add to our 46,000 listeners that we already got. Um, you can also find us on Spotify. Uh, come and join us on our journey while the station goes from strength to strength. Um, moving on to tonight's football fan zone. Um, we've got Dan with us. Uh, Dan's a Liverpool fan. Uh, evening, Dan. Hey, Steve. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Is there a bit of a time delay there in... Uh, in Scouseland. Ah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Um, a Welshman living in Evesham, why or why Liverpool? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, it's based on my boyhood hero was uh, was Dalgliesh. So when I was growing up, I, you know, he was he was my idol, and um, 
it didn't matter who he played for. He could have played for, dare I say it, Man United, and I would have supported them. Um, so, you know, Dalglish was, was the best player uh, in my era. That I, you know, I'm, I may be biased, but I would say he's the best player that, that I've seen. All right, OK. And, uh, and therefore, I supported, uh, I supported Liverpool. I actually supported Scotland as well. I'm, my old man, Scots Welshman, had to buy me Scotland football kits for Christmas. <laughs> really, <laughs> I didn't know that. Remember those? Remember those? Um, sh- those shorts. They were the first kits that was really out there. Those shorts with the hoop. Yes, yeah. The hoop. Yeah, I had that kit. My old man just laughed at me. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> right. So, joint top of the league after ten games. Uh, you know, Van Dyke losing his leg against Everton. Half the team getting COVID at some point. You've got to be happy with that. They're near ten games in. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, if you look at it where we are now, um, you know, you, you take it because you know that we're only going to get stronger when we start getting players back. So if we can put a run of results together uh, that keeps us in, in, the, in the hunt, then that should see us good for, um, for later in the season when we start getting some of these, some of these players back. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair point, fair point. Obviously, signing the... Uh... Portuguese guy Jota, obviously he's come from uh, come from Wolves this year. That raised a few eyebrows at the start of the season, thinking you know he, he didn't he wasn't setting the world alight at Wolves. You know he was banging in a few goals, um, but he's he's got nine goals in fourteen games so far this season. So he's uh, uh, Klopp's done a bit of a masterclass there, isn't he? Getting getting him in. Yeah, I think no one no one really. Would have thought that he he had the impact that he's had at Liverpool. He's, he's been absolutely unbelievable, um, and I think it's it's kind of papered over a little bit. I think a little bit of downturn in form for uh, Salah and, uh, and Mane, who, who don't look quite as hot. Maybe it's tiredness. But um, going back to Jota, yeah, I, I, you know I saw him at Wolves, and, and I I realised he was a good player. Um, one of my kids supports Wolves, and uh, he he he's, his favourite player was Jota, so. You know, um, but I never, I don't think anybody really envisaged him being um, the player that he's showing himself to be at, at Anfield. And um, I think every Liverpool fan is, and, and probably every Liverpool player and, and the manager is delighted the way he settled in and um, started off his, his uh, Liverpool career. Yeah, he's done well, he's done well. So Treads, um, obviously, we're just talking about Jota. They sold their best striker. Um, they lost Jimenez now probably for the rest of the season due to that fractured skull he got um, a few days back. How are they going to score enough goals to keep them in the top six? You know, they've, they've done, they've exceeded themselves again this year. They've done really well. Um, you know, what, what are the, who's going to score their goals for them? That's their main, you know, concern, I presume, at the moment. Yeah, well, first of all, I hope that uh, Jimenez makes a full recovery. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a difficult one to come back from. I think we all remember Ryan Mason, uh, Spurs and Hull. Um, His career was ended from that. I know that Jimenez put a statement out saying, you know, he'll hope to be back soon. But yeah, fingers crossed he will be because he's a big loss to Wolves and a big loss to football as well. He's, you know, he's coming to the Premier League and he's took it by storm in a way. Um, Mm. But they're definitely going to miss his goals. Uh, In terms of suitable replacements, I think... Uh, Pedro Neto and Pedence, I think those two will come in to the, the side now anyway. Um, I mean, Neto's got three goals and two assists this season. Uh, Pedence has got two goals, two assists. So they're going to need to increase those numbers. Um, they have got that young Silva, 
Um, if you, I don't know if you know anything about the, that silver, but uh, his record for the Porto under 19 was pretty impressive. He got uh, 20 goals in 26 games for Porto, uh, the under 19s, which is pretty good. Um, however, he's 205 minutes in the Premier League. Um, he hasn't managed a goal, uh, two shots on target from his six shots. So he's going to need to be more prolific. But I think it concerns me the most with Wolves is Traore. Um, there's a lot of talk now about his contract. Is he going to sign? Will he sign? Has his head been turned? But 11 appearances this year, uh, this season, sorry. Uh, no goals, no assists. Um, I know he hasn't been starting games. He has recently been starting games, but you know he hasn't started many this season. So again, that's a massive concern for Wolves, uh, where the goals are going to come from. But you know, Neto and Pedence are probably the two more likely. Yeah, I was looking at I was looking at Silvers. You know, he's thirty five million quid, and that's a lot of money for an eighteen year old. It's a big statement from the club. It's their record signing. They've yeah. they've, they've got to throw him in, surely. You know, I, I say. A striker, they they thrive on playing. You know, if if you miss a couple of games, you know your your um, your eye for goal. It's just your instinct isn't there. So if he's not playing, then he's you you can't be expected to come in and score straight away. They've got to give him a run, surely. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see. It also depends on their formation as well. Um, you see, they've been playing four at the back. Um, I think that might need to change the shape. Um, without Jimenez there, because uh, like, he's your target man, isn't he? So they might need to change things around formation wise too. Hmm. Tough result. Tough result Saturday, Dan, to uh, take against Brighton. VAR at it again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think um, you know. I, I think Liverpool were expected to win. Um, I think we played pretty well. Yeah, I, I see the frustration. My, my frustration with VAR is not from a Liverpool perspective. I think if you look at it last year, we had we had the rub of the green with, with VAR. We got probably you know, a little bit of luck um, that allowed us to put the run of form together that made us win the Premier League. But this year, that's gone against us. But it, you know, it swings and roundabouts. I just, my personal opinion, it'd be interesting to see what Trevor says here. But to me, it's 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 ruining football. It's ridiculous, and uh, I think as a football fan, I'm not talking from a Liverpool perspective. As a football fan, you know, I want to see goals. Um, I don't want to see a goal then five minutes of, of sitting around waiting and then the goal goes out. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, going back going back to that game against Brighton, um, you say you played pretty well. I mean, that first half you could have been two 0 down. Um, Connolly couldn't finish his dinner. Um, he had that glorious opportunity one-on-one. Uh, he fluffed it. Malpay missed that penalty. It could have been a very different game uh, in that first half against uh, Liverpool, that, if they'd have uh, both scored. Yeah, I think in the context of um, the amount of players we've got out, I would say it was, a, you know, as a Liverpool fan, I was quite happy with the performance. I'm not saying it was our best performance, but, you know, we did enough to to win it, um, my opinion. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we could have been we could have been one down for sure uh, with the penalty, uh, which which was the right decision. So the first one. Um, that was good. You know, if you look at that, if you look back at last season, Treaders, we there was a lot of games Liverpool you know, didn't play well and, and they won. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the injuries that you've got, you know, 
there's a lot of first team players out, you know, but again, the squads in the Premier League squad, you know, you've got a is it a twenty four man squad to get to choose from or twenty three. Um, you know, the bigger clubs I think should be able to cope a lot better than say your smaller clubs like Sheffield United, uh, Fulham, you know, those kind of clubs that, you know, they don't play Europe but they haven't got particularly big squads. But I feel like the bit the big boys should be able to cope with these injuries. I, I agree. Um, but nine players, nine senior players missing is going to stretch any squad, no matter how big you are. Um, I, I, you know, I look back at Liverpool over the years, they've always had decent players, but they've never had a decent squad. We've got a decent squad now, and I think that's allowing us to, to, to keep the momentum going forward. Um, but it's, it's going to stretch any club, right? Especially when you're, you know, you're not just talking about your, your your first team squad. You're talking about your you know, five or six of your first teams, first names on the team sheet. I think um, that's that's another reason why they, 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 there's a good shout for them to throw in that Fabio Silva. Um, obviously, Van Dijk's out. Gomez is out long term. Allison's out as well now. Um, yeah. So you, you know you're stretching it at the back. It, this could and 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 no no crowds. So the pressure's off the young kid. Um, playing against the second string defence. Obviously, they've got, um, you know, Robertson is still going to be playing and um, uh, Trent will be playing, but you're going to have, you know, some second string players in there. Now is surely it's got to be the perfect time to throw him in. What do you think, Trent? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, you know, I don't think you've got anything to lose by throwing him in there, but you are playing against the champions of England. Um, they may not go out all attack. They may start with maybe Neto and Pedence, I reckon, and Traore. And I think Silver will be on the bench, I do. Uh, I do think, even though he's the record signing, I think they're just easing him in gently. But how gently can you afford to when you've just lost your best striker? Exactly, exactly. So how so how are they going to stop Salah, Jota, Moana and Firmino? You're saying about <laughs> you're saying about them setting up maybe differently at the back for this for this game, um, yeah. But obviously, but they're gonna have to set up differently, you know, uh, and, until they uh, until they get a reliable strike force, which they obviously they nothing's tried and tested there at the moment. Um, no. So what what are they? <laughs> you know, I, I think it was one of the games in the last couple of weeks. All four of them played, and it was like you know, <laughs> it's 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 a tough one. What, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna have to do to? Uh, um, I mean, they've got to defend for their lives. I think uh, Willie Bolly and Connor Cody are going to be in for uh, a hell of a game. Um, mm. But they are the rocks at the back uh, for Wolves. Obviously, you know, Cody's got an England call up on the back of his performances. So, again, not relying on him, but he's going to have to have uh, a good game. I don't think you can necessarily stop um, the Liverpool's front four because they're all interchanging. You don't know where they're going to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to put in a hell of a shift. You mentioned just now, Dan, about um, uh, you know the next uh, looking for players coming back in um, to uh, bolster the team. Um, but you, you run a games in the next few weeks. You've got Fulham away next week, and then you've got um, Spurs, Palace, West Brom, Newcastle, and Southampton up until January the second. You know, apart from the Spurs game, you've got to be looking at. You know maximum points there because I've looked at the runs of all the other top sides, and Liverpool's run up until then. Um, if you had to pick five or six games while you've got a load of players out, that's pretty much the six you're going to pick. 
Um, so you could really set a marker down for the rest to be ch chasing, um, which... Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the Premier League is really interesting this year. I don't think there's... Um, I don't think there's a standout side. And I think everyone is showing again that there's these results uh, that happen where the bottom sides have been the top sides. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't kind of buy this, that any game is easy, but I, I get your, your point, which is they're the easier games when they're playing the likes of, you know, Tottenham and Man City uh, and the like. But yeah, you know, if we can get 10 points from those, from those 15, I think that's a good return because I think other sides will drop points. I don't think anybody's you know, going to have a run like Liverpool did last season or Man City did the season before and the season before that. So I think it's a really open type of race. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was look. I was. Um, we've got a um, we've got a, um, a, bo a boxer on after who's a Sheffield United fan, and I was just looking at their stats and up until New Year, um, you know, comparing it to you know to Liverpool's run. Um, They've got um, who they got. They've, they've well, in fact, they've got Liverpool. They've got Leicester. They've got Man United. They've got Everton. They've got Southampton, and then they've got Brighton. So if you compare the and, and their bottom of the league, so if you compare top of the league with an easy run like that compared to bottom of the league, who you, you know you're struggling to, to to see any points coming from there apart from maybe Burnley. Um, it, it's, it's it's if it could have come at any time, it's good that it's come now. You know, for a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're bottom of the league, everybody's above you, right? So everybody going to play is going to be a hard game. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know what's going on there with Sheffield United. I know we're not here to talk about them, but it's no, no. quite a transition from last season with pretty much the same squad. So uh, I know Jurgen Klopp is not a massive fan of Chris Wilder by the signs of uh, what's gone on in the press recently. But yeah, look, it's um, it's it, it's. It's a run of games that you would you would expect Liverpool to pick up, you know, ten to fifteen points for sure. And as a, and as a, as a fan, yeah, I hope we can do that. I just think I've been watching them the last couple. Of, I watched them last night again. Yeah, they they look tired. They look tired. And I'm not. You, you mentioned those front four, and Trellis was talking about the, you know the, the rocks at the back for Wolves having to play well. Yeah, I don't think playing all four of those is the right thing to do. I, I think he needs to. I think he needs to keep the formation that we're used to playing because he's got to change it when we play those four together. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it, it takes away a little bit of our attacking um, momentum and prowess playing, trying to fit in all four. Yeah. So, I, you know, throw it out there. Why, you know, why not keep players fresh? Why not give Mane a rest and, and play the other three? Then give Salah a rest, you know, and just, 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 um, rotate them around rather than having to rotate the squad to, to, to pick them all. Yeah, if you've got if you've got four, you know, Premier League top players, then yeah, that's 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 gotta be the way forward, isn't it? You're bringing somebody on who is who could fit into pretty much any team in the Premier League and you're bringing them on and, and you're giving them 45 minutes to, you know, let rip, aren't you really, at the end of the day? Yeah, otherwise you're asking them one of them to play out of position. Yeah. That's Fabinho, uh, sorry, um, Firmino or, or Jota, more likely. You're asking them to play in a deeper midfield role. Um, but maybe, you know, again, that's, uh, that, maybe that's exasperated by the, the, the number of injuries they've got. Um, 
But I just think we're looking a little bit leggy already, which is which is not a good sign. No, but as you, as you said just now, if you've got nine players out of a twenty whatever it is, twenty three or twenty four man squad, and there's nine out, then and and you that that's the disadvantage of being in the Champions League. You haven't even got the you know the FA Cup will be starting soon and. Um, every every other game, and you've only got fourteen or fifteen players, and they're playing. And don't forget, four of them are goalkeepers, right? So, actually, you look at outfield players, fit outfield players, um, which is why they've called up some of the youngsters. So, uh, it's a yeah. good opportunity for them. But uh, you know, I would prefer, I would prefer uh, some of these senior guys to get back fit soon. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, treads after the Liverpool game, Wolves have got the Villa. Obviously, that's a. Midlands derby. Then they got Chelsea, Chelsea, Burnley, and then Spurs and United. Um, so that's so obviously they're sixth at the moment. And we, you know, the question I asked you just now about um, how are they going to stay in sixth if they haven't got a recognised goal scorer? Um, maybe even if they did increase their goals, <laughs> they're going to have to stop conceding if they've got teams like that they're up against between now and now and New Year to to stay in the top six or seven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you want to stay up in the league, if you want to stay in those positions, you need to beat the big teams. Um, this is their chance now to go out and beat the big teams. Um, unfortunately, they've already lost to Leicester and City um, this season. Um, they beat Arsenal, but I don't really class Arsenal now as the uh, in the big six. Um, so, yeah, they've lost two of the big six so far this season. So, they're going to need to change that record. Um, however, um, they are in good form. I think they've lost one of the last six games. Um, so, if they do win uh, against Liverpool, there'll be a point behind them, possibly even to third place. So, you know, things are pretty rosy for them at the minute. And, you know, they have got a, a good team spirit and they, they, they play the, pretty much the same team every week. Mm. Um, the same team, same formation. So they've all played together. Most of them are Portuguese anyway. Um, <laughs> Portugal FC. But, um, you know, they'll be okay. I think they'll get some draws. I'm not sure. That, well, they won't beat United, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, Wolves could really put a spanner in some works over these games. You know, I think they can cause Tottenham problems. Um who else? It's Chelsea as well, isn't it? Yeah, you see, again, Chelsea, it could be a good game. It could be a good game against them. Give them a good game. I think they drew last season with them, if I'm right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a big big six games coming up for them. They'll love the Derby. They'll love the Villa game. Hmm. Uh, sadly, we won't have any crowds in there for that. Um, but yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting six games coming up for them. But yeah, it'll certainly shape their season as well. You know, when you come to that Christmas period, there's so, um, so many games, so many games. I was looking at, you know, there's, I think there's yeah, they come three, fast. Games, three games in nine days, um, over, you know, over that period. And if, as we mentioned just now, if, if Liverpool have only got 16, 17, 18 players to choose from at the moment, with, you know, three games, you know, you're playing every three days, that's not enough rest, especially if you're a midfielder, you know, somebody like Henderson, you know, these guys that are up and down the pitch. It's going to be really tough um, for those guys, Dan. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's, it's no different to what Liverpool are playing now. It's it's every three days they're playing they're playing a game. So it's, it's just how long you can keep going for the, with that intensity, isn't it? And as I said, they're already starting to look tired. So it's going to help. I'm not making excuses. Though. You know, it's, it's the same for every club that's in Europe. Um, 
I, I don't know how different it is to previous years. It seems different, but maybe that's because Jurgen Klopp's moaning about it more than he ever has done. So, um, but it, 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 yeah, going back to what you said, Steve, it, it, physically it is demanding, and you can't you can't take away from the fact that these players need more rest in between games if they're going to showcase their best skills on the in what is going to be the best league in the world. So, um, but with players coming back, it's going to help. I think I think we're pretty close to getting. Like Chamberlain back, uh, Trent's near, near coming back, so um, you know that's that's going to help for sure. I was yeah, I was read, I was reading um, a couple of days back that um, Klopp said on on Monday that um, uh, obviously Van Dyke was massive player last year, um, but he said his knee doesn't look like what a knee should look like, um, and there's no date for him to return. You know, so that's obviously. With you've got you've got the Champions League coming up, and then you know into the next stages after Christmas. You know it, it doesn't look like he's going to be back for a long time. No, but I think when we, you know, when when the, when he first did the injury, um, or when the injury was first inflicted upon him, I should say, it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all knew that it was going to be that it was going to be bad, and he, we were told he was out the whole season, right? So. Mm. Um, I'm not surprised that his knee is looking, you know, not like a knee, as Klopp would say. Yeah. Um, but he's he's just had the, the operation and he's starting. Yeah. The, the good thing is the operation was a success and he's now starting his physio recovery. You know, these players can come back quicker than you think. Um, so hopefully we'll see him before the end of the season. But you know, will they rush him back in? Absolutely not. Hmm. You want that player back to what he was playing. You know the best defender in the world so arguably we want him back doing that again so do you, ride him off for the season and let's see him again next season but do, do you think he will be, do you think he can be mentally do you think he can be the same player again as uh, Tred mentioned earlier about uh, him and his obviously it's the same kind of thing you've got a really bad head injury or a really bad knee injury you know in do you think mentally and in, in if, if whenever he's back if he's back in May uh, you know, and then he's got the preseason next season. Do you do you think next September, if he's got a lunge in for a full on tackle, that he'd be mentally okay with that ever, ever again after what happened to him? Yeah, I think I, mean, I think the mental journey for, for for Van Dijk is 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 coping during his recovery and he's not playing football and he's watching from the training ground watching other players play. That's that's the, the mental side that he's got to cope with. I don't think you know if you see some of these injuries these players have. Broken legs and, and, and whatnot, where they really are rolling about or lying there in pain in absolute agony on gas. Then that's 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 the mental scarring, right? But Van Dyke walked off the pitch. You know, he didn't he didn't lay still on the ground. Yeah. He didn't. He wanted to play on. So actually, the 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 impact of the injury was far worse than what it suggested from the pictures. Um, after yeah. The aftermath, the tackle was horrendous, but you know, the, the aftermath of it was wasn't as bad as it, as it you know, turned out to be. Yeah. So I don't think the mental, I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue for him. Um, he's a big guy, though. You know, and big guys put more, uh, I guess, stress on their their bodies and their bones and their ligaments and their joints than, than a smaller person would. So, look, let's. I think for football, I think everybody who, who supports football. 
he was a football fan, right? Uh, we want to see Virgil van Dijk back because you want to see the best players playing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, Mane and Henderson, um, they haven't had as much influence this season so far um, on last season. Um, in, uh, obviously, Henderson hasn't played a, um, a lot of games, um, but he was right up there last year, you know, um, in, in in amongst them for, you know, player of the season. Um, what do you think happens to him, happen, has happened to him this year so far? Well, he's, he was outstanding last season. Yeah, and, he was, yeah. Um, yeah, he's been injured. He's been injured. He's had two injuries already this season. So he's missed, uh, I don't know, I think he's played maybe four four games, five games this season. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, I, I don't think you can judge Henderson. I think when he's played, he's looked absolutely fine. He's, always enjoy watching him play these days. He's a good player. And Mane? So, Mane, you know, Mane's more concerning because I, I, I watched Mane against Brighton um, and, uh, and the last three games, he's been absolutely off, completely off the pace. He looks a different player. Yeah. So that, that is concerning. I think it's concerning for any Liverpool fan. He's, he's had such a big influence uh, on last season and you know, he's still got that partnership with Robertson, but they just don't seem to be firing. I don't know. If you look, if you watch those last few games, what what's your, what do you think about Marley's performance? He's probably been one of the worst players on the pitch. Yeah, he's he's, he's uh, hardly he's hardly done anything. You know, he hasn't. Um, obviously, last season he was he was obviously he didn't score as many as Salah, but anytime there was a crucial goal to be scored and there was five ten minutes left, Marley was popping up everywhere. Which, as I say, he hasn't done this season at all. Yeah, because he look, he looks he looks tired. He I don't know, he just doesn't look to have the same energy. Yeah. Right, predictions. Um Treads, what do you think? Well, we all know Jota's gonna score. Um for who is that? Yeah. Yeah, one in each net. Um oh, I don't know. See, the United fan in me wants to go for a Wolves win. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it'll be a tight game. I think, you know, I think if Fabinho, um, no doubt Fabinho will start at the back. Uh, I think he's been great filling in there, to be honest with you. Um, I think he's done ever so well since he went to Liverpool. Um, I'm going to go, though, with a... I'm going to go with a 2-1 Wolves. Let's do it. Okay. I'm writing. I'm writing this down because um, we did the predictions last week, and um, I think uh, the leads. I got the leads draw, so I'm I'm one up on that one. Um, and the George Joyce fight, um, I got that one as well. So I'm two up. So we, we we'll write it down each week, and we'll have a bit of a wager at the end of the season. So you're yeah, going. I bet you wouldn't be. I bet you wouldn't be writing this down if you were losing. <laughs> no, c- correct. Correct. <laughs> okay, Dan. What do you reckon? What's the score? Well, I, you know, I, I, getting Trent back, still got Robertson. It will probably be Matip and Fabinho, but it's still a decent back four. And I think we're going to miss the goalkeeper, so it's going to be a lot of pressure on uh, Kelleher, which I hope Trot sticks with. I hope he sticks with him. Um, he had a great game last night, and uh, I've seen him play before. He's a great prospect, so give him the opportunity. Uh, so I still think Liverpool will keep a clean sheet, uh, especially with Wolves losing their main player up front. Jimenez is, is, is absolute quality. We've lost Jota. And as Trent has said, you know, 
a player that was what, 80 million, something like that player. He was, he was a talk of the money for, for Troy. At the moment, he looks like a 10 million pound player as that. So, okay, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think Liverpool, I'll go for Liverpool 2 0. Liverpool 2 0. So, we've got a 2 1 and a 2 0. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't see where. Um, where Wolves are going to get a goal from, and, you know, unless unless we're all proved wrong, and that Fabio Silva comes on and he's 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 electric, which is Treader said he hasn't he hasn't looked like it yet. Um, I just can't see how they how they're going to score. It doesn't it doesn't matter what Liverpool back four they have, you know, which you've just pointed out. That's still a decent back four without um, you know without Van Dijk and you know maybe if if if, if Trent isn't playing either, um, I, I think uh, I'm going to go through. I'm going to go three nil. Um, you just got Liverpool just got too much firepower, um, and if they are changing their formation to um, to bring in um, Neto, um, then uh, is it Podence? Is, is he going to be playing as well? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. With 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 them two in, and if they've if they're changing their formation to bring in those, um, it's it's just a new formation for me, and so I'm I'm going to go three. I'm going to go three now. Um, so it's not looking not looking great for Wolves. Um, but it's good to speak to you, Dan. Um, we'll get you back on when there's uh, when you've got a big game coming up, hopefully against United, so you can go up against Treaders on that one and uh, he'll be more normal. Oh, That'll be a wait. bit more feisty. Yes, yes. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no probs, no probs. We'll uh, yeah, so that's great. That's great. Good to speak to you, Dan, and um, we'll get you back on Again, I felt good, good, and deeper than I have ever been. And if you knew I am so hesitant to try again, you'd understand why I don't wanna let you in. I don't wanna feel my stomach turn like this. I don't wanna open up my heart like this. If I don't misery beat of my past relationships, then I'll let you to the
Okay, next I'd like to welcome the uh, PBC Super Flyweight International Silver Champion, Nicola Hopewell, to our virtual studio. Hi, Nicola. How are things? I am good, thank you. Hope you're okay. Yes, yes. How was training tonight? It, yeah, really good. I've just got back. Yeah, you said earlier that you were going to uh, going to be training. Okay, Trent. Yeah. Uh, Trent is going to ask you some boxing questions and about your boxing career, and then we'll go, we'll go a bit left field then a bit later. Because um, a little little birdie <laughs> told me that you were a Blades fan, um, <laughs> Sheffield United. Um, so I've I've given you a bit of. Uh, a bit of heads up so you could get your in, your information and your research done so uh it won't be too painful um but i'll pass you over to treaders and uh you'll crack on with a few questions yeah i've, I've, I've got i've got a curveball for the end um i'll save oh, that one up my sleeve though be amazing what you can find online <laughs> um, I get to but, think. No, <laughs> but yeah welcome nicola welcome to uh randolph and treaders um so I'll get straight into it. I'll go straight for it. Um, what got you into boxing? What's your story? Um, well, it was kind of, it was a mistake. Well, not a mistake, but I didn't mean to start boxing. I just went to uh, the local boxing gym because uh, it was just down the road from me. So I just thought, oh, I'll go there to get fit. Because um, I started at about, I was 22 when I started going there. And, and I used to be really active and fit at school. And I used to be in all like school football teams, netball team, everything like that, athletics. And then obviously from leaving school, I'd not done anything. So I just thought, right, I'm going to go and get fit again. Started going and then did like a boxer size class thing. Really enjoyed it. Started going to the academy boxing, which is like where you, where you start your pad work, your sparring, everything like that just loved it and just I just wanted to do it I just wanted to have a go <laughs> now that's super that I've, I've, I did a little bit myself um some white collar stuff and the training itself is great like the, oh the, the yeah fitness. I dropped yeah, weight is. so fast when I was doing the, the boxing training um but then ligaments in the knee and the age it weren't worth it for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, gl so, I'm, gl I'm glad you didn't say when you said oh I, I would I went, went into it by mistake I thought you were going to say something like, oh, you know, I, I punched somebody and then they picked me up on it because it was so good. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> not like that. Yeah, Friday night in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So two fights down, two yeah. KO wins. Yeah. What does the future hold? Um, Hopefully some more KO wins. Hopefully. I like it. <laughs> Your fight with uh, Tasha Boys in November got postponed. When's the? Yeah. Have you got an official date for that rematch? Or no, the, I've not rearranged match. No, I've not got an official date yet. They were looking. Um, they were looking at some point in December. Uh, but now we're obviously in December. I don't think it's gonna. It's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be in the new year now. But I'm still. I'm just waiting for a date. But I'm just carried on my. Um, just still ready for whenever it gets rearranged for. Okay, super. So what's the what's the dream then? What's the dream with this? Obviously, you've gone pro. What's the mm -hmm. dream? Where do you want to get to? I just want to get as far as I can. I want to box for whatever belt I can box for and whoever whoever's in my way, I'll box them um, at my weight. So I'm boxing either flyweight or super fly. I can, I can box it either. Um, so, yeah. That's good. Well, it's a great time for women's boxing at the moment. Obviously, you've got Katie Taylor flying the flag um, on all the pay-per-views. 
pretty much had her own show, didn't she? Um, yeah. With the undercards. Yeah. Um, you know, is that is that what you want to strive for? Get on those pay-per-view cards and... Yeah, that that would be like a, a dream come true to get on one of them. Um, so, yeah, I'll just keep pushing and trying. And if I keep getting these KO wins and in these good fights, you never know. That's it, that's it. Randolph, <laughs> anything from you? Yeah, I, I just carry on on the boxing for now then before going on to the football. Um, life in lockdown, how is it How is it affecting your training? Um, as uh, a, you know, because obviously when you're, um, you know, without lockdown, you could basically do what you want, spar who you want, um, have yeah. your coach with you who you want. Are you in a bubble or do you, um, you know? Yeah, I'm in a bubble. So um, we have been able to carry on training as professionals because obviously we were supposed to have the fight on um, the 21st November. So yeah. we had to carry on training. But at our gym, there's there's myself and then there's two other females as well. So they were supposed to be on the same card. Um, yeah. So uh, us three were in the same bubble. So we were able to spar each other um, and then obviously do our, our work with our coach, um, Chris. Um, so we were pretty lucky. So we were still going to the gym. I was still doing my bits at home, my running and everything like that. So just carried on as normal. It would just, we're normal if we weren't in lockdown, we'd go to other gyms sparring and, and just uh, additional bits like that. Uh, we've been to EIS before doing our track training where we're not, we couldn't do that. So we've just, we've just used each other for sparring. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I've, I've had a look at, um, uh, you know the the different divisions. Um, you know, as in the, the WBA, WBC. I looked at the different opponents. So obviously, it's a stepping mm. stone. You've only had a couple of fights, and you want to, you know, gradually move up and not push and not, um, you know, not rush it. Who would be who, after your next couple of fights, and you want to move up to say, you know, the um, a European belt or a Commonwealth belt? Who 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 have you got your eye on? Who holds those? Belts? Um. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Um, I've not looked at it. I think I'm just focusing on the here and now at the minute mm. and just taking each fight as it comes. Uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I've not really look. looked that far ahead, but um, when it when it does get here, um, yeah. I will I will try for it and see where I get. You just basically want to punch anyone in the face who gets in your way. Yeah. Looks. <laughs> yes, I, I, I had to look at the um, you know, the the, the world champions, and um, you know, the, yeah. there's there's two of them in there that have only had sixteen. Obviously, sixteen fights is quite. It's, they're quite experienced. Um, yeah. But when you do get to that level, um, you know, and, and hopefully you do. There's there's two other there's two other world champions who are in. They've had 30, 40, 45 fights, so they're obviously very experienced. Um, uh, I think one of them. I'm looking at you now. Well, yeah, one of them was a Mexican. She's had like thirty six fights. But, you know, yes, they're nearly all in her country. Um, so yeah. They, they, they could even be cousins and uncles. <laughs> you know, it, you, you, you don't know, but they're the world champions. So, um, obviously, you'd, you'd be looking at, at some point, you'd be looking at these people thinking, right, I'd rather fight a world champion that's had 16 fights as opposed to 40. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess, I don't know... Um... I guess it depends how many amateur fights that they've had as well. Are like are these girl, are these women who are they uh, like are all them thirty fights just professional? Like how many amateur have they had as all well? Like they, they could be getting up to hundred fights sort of thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. I say that that's their. Do you know what I mean? When you add it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's their professional record, isn't it? So yes. they could be. Yeah, yeah, uh, they could be. They could be. Um. So did you um be obviously before you turned pro? Um. Mm -hmm. How, from actually starting in that boxer size class to turning pro, how long was it? 
um six years I was amateur for um but I started boxer size um and then it was only about seven months six seven months and then I had my first fight and I actually won my first fight by uh, TKO <laughs> so the, the writing was on the wall then really wasn't it <laughs> yeah I just when when it happened and I like because I when I when I were doing that first fight it was just it was just more it was something I wanted to do I'd always wanted to do since I started that box size class and then when I stopped her then something kind of like triggered in my, my head like you need to do more of this <laughs> yeah please up. give me some more of that <laughs> yeah you didn't run up to her and say sorry did you um, I think I gave her a hug at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not allowed to do that anymore. No. <laughs> it's the least you could have done, though, if you just knocked her out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So what we'll do then, we move, we'll move now on to the bit that you've been really looking forward to. And we'll talk about, oh, no. we'll talk about Sheffield United. Um, I don't want to depress you, um, you know, before the end of the interview. But obviously, bottom of the league at the moment. Um, what do you think has gone wrong so far? They've just done terrible. I mean, one point after 10 games, um, it, it's just not good, is it? We, just, we need to start scoring some goals, to be honest. But the ones that we're losing by, like, 2-1 or 1-0, it's, it's, not, it's not like we're getting hammered, like, 4-0 or anything like that. We, we're losing most of these by, by one goal or, like, a silly mistake like not defending properly and letting the goal in and we can't we can't we can't finish it we can't we can't get the ball in net <laughs> it's what you just said i think you, it's, it's like you've you, you've read my script um they you know they, they lost, they, obviously you lost against chelsea 4-1 but that's the only yeah that's the only i think that's the had. worst one yeah everything yeah, else as you've just said they've had seven games where um but when you look at the seven games liverpool arsenal man city um, yeah. Even even Leeds and Villa, who were doing well, you've lost by one, you know, one one you know one goal. Um, yeah, if if I remember Liverpool game, um, they were winning it. They were winning to start with. Um, I can remember we went one 0 up because my boxing coach is a, a a Liverpool fan, and I can remember texting him saying about us winning. And then yeah. next minute, Liverpool go and score two goals, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, and then he's texting you. Yeah. <laughs> You also yeah, so, took the lead against Chelsea as well. Yeah. 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 I'm it, it's it seems to be like when we, we do take the lead and then we always lose it. So it kind of gets your hopes up a bit. And then you think it you think them being in front gives them that momentum and that drive to carry on. But it's something just I don't I don't know what it is. Well it's only happened a couple of times that they've gone in front. Um yeah. you, you've got you you've you've got Brewster. 13 and a half million from Liverpool. I know he hasn't played much. He's, already yeah. played, he's played five times, but he hasn't yeah. scored a goal. So you mentioned just now about scoring goals, finding the net. All, se- yeah. all season, you've scored two goals from open play and two penalties. Yeah. So you've hit the yeah. nail on the head with the scoring yeah. goals. So what 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 are they going to do? What, you know, who else are they? If Bruce doesn't start scoring, because um, between well, that one, go on, sorry. We've got uh, Moose. He's he's um, back. He's been injured, hasn't he? So, yeah. And Fleck, that he's back. So we've we've had uh, we've had injured players. So um, yeah. Hopefully, when when they get back to full fitness and they've played a few games, yeah, they need to, they can start scoring and getting getting the shape together again on on field. Yeah, fair enough. 
So you've got um, home game against Leicester on the weekend. Yeah. Um, obviously, back to back losses against Liverpool. And then, obviously, only a couple of days ago, they lost against Fulham. Um, yeah. So, you know, th- they've got to be. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a tough one because you'd think, oh, so they're beatable. But after mm. losing two games, they're going to get a kick up the backside. Uh, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a tough game. It, I think it'll be a tough game because, like you said, they've they've lost to Ful- uh, Fulham, who's nearly at bottom at table. They're not going to want to lose again to another team that's at the bottom of the table. They they're going to get a talking to. I think in changing rooms and but yeah. they're going to be uh, they're going to be on form. So how are you going to stop Vardy? What's your defence? Obviously, your defence isn't bad because, as you said, they've only they conceded one goal against top top sides. Yeah. What, what have they got to do? I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, because I think they've tried like they've tried all different like formations. And he got didn't they have three at back the other day? Three yeah. defense. Yeah, I think I had three defense at back the other day, which you'd think could work, um, but it obviously didn't. Defenders but, are five, attackers are three, and defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they Chris Wilder's very good at organising his team. He is, but you're just not getting the rub of the green. But you need to get points. Just quickly. not. I, Honestly, I think once they get that first win, I think they'll have two or three, four maybe wins on bounce. I think yeah, I just think they need that. Yeah, I think they need that win though. And I, and I don't think the behind closed doors has done any good because I think I think they get that bit of um, like that bit of drive from crowd. The extra player because it's yeah yeah because yeah, it's a good stadium. Like I've I've been I've been quite a few times. Yeah. And it is a good stadium and stuff, and crowd really do get behind him. Uh, but I think I think the youth crowd. I think if you get the ball in the box enough on the weekend, uh, Johnny Evans has got a good chance of bagging a couple of own goals for you anyway. So you might not need your players to score. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you... <laughs> yeah, they might do it for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On, on the other hand, if um, if Leicester hadn't lost these two, you know, surprise losses. Obviously, Liverpool was a was was a. An acceptable loss, but if they beaten if they beaten them, they'd be top. You know, they'd be top of the yeah. league. Um, uh, right, up coming up to coming up to Christmas, um, I'm kind of adding adding more doom and gloom. You've got you've got Man United and Everton, um, yeah, <laughs> and you've got Southampton, um, who are obviously doing really well. Um, but yeah, you've got, but you've got Brighton and Burnley as well. Those are your five games. Um, yeah, if, if you're not picking up points in those away games against Brighton and and and, and uh, Burnley. Then you've got, you know, you've got four long months ahead after Christmas. Um, yeah, definitely. Where... I think them, them two should be easy games for us to win. But then, so should, so should that one have been at the weekend against uh, uh, West Brom. But yeah, you can't predict it, can you? No, no. I say it's, it's as you said, it's a strange one with no crowd. You know, it, it, there's, yeah. there's quite a few teams in in all the divisions who are suffering because of that. You know. It does. It gives you that extra man on the pitch. Um, yeah. So, what would be your prediction? And give us a prediction. Uh, and <laughs> that—that's probably the easy question. The harder question would be: Give me a name of a player who's actually going to score a goal in open play. Okay. Um, I think I think um, if he plays Musa, I think Musa will score. And I think I'm actually going to say I think we're going to win one nil. One nil. I'm writing these down because me and Treaders have a bit of a bit of a game on here. So okay, yeah, we don't have a game. Basically, 
Randolph's like winning in the prediction, so that's the game. <laughs> yeah. If we just, winning I've, in the prediction. <laughs> I've said one nil because I'm hoping we get our defence sorted and then we actually can score. So we'll score, but we'll not we'll not let any in. That's that's a bold. Our prediction. defence will be good. That's a bold. So that's prediction. why I've gone for one nil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting too much. <laughs> I'm I'm going for one one. Um, and Ollie McBurney opener. And mm. a Vardy penalty. Okay, that's not a bad call. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one Leicester. I'm thinking. Oh, my, th- my reasoning behind that is they've oh. lost. They've lost. They've lost two games in a row. Um, you know they they're, they're still fighting in the top three or four, and they're gonna have. There's good. There will have been ructions in the changing rooms in the last two weeks, especially after the Fulham defeat. Um, yeah. I, and on the flip side, I can see I can see um, the blade scoring. Um, <laughs> just law of averages. <laughs> They've got some point. They're gonna you know they're gonna they're gonna score. So um, hopefully they do. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. Um, so you can get three points in the bag. But I think it'll be a tough ask. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, on the, uh... I do as well, but I just think we can. I just think I hope we can get that win. Like I said, I think if we win that first, I think if we win, then we'll 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 keep winning, and it'll be a good run up to Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Don't upset Nicola. She's got two KOs under her belt. <laughs> <laughs> so going but back, yeah, to, yeah. Go, going back to um, obviously that, that's um, that's a good a good little slot there of an insight into um, a sports person. Talking about a different sport, so going going yeah. back to going back to your sport, um, and 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 going back six years ago, what um, obviously, what are your thoughts on the progression in the last six years? Um, what was it like six years ago compared to now? Um, now I think obviously I think women's boxing's um a lot bigger than it was six years ago. Yeah. Um, when I first started, I like I had. I think I had three fights in, in the space of probably about two months. Uh, but then after that, they, they like started slowing down a little bit. Mm. Uh, but I've noticed as the years have gone on, there's there's just more and more started coming through. Um, and like like you say, like this Katie Taylor, Nicola Adams, when I first started. So I can remember watching Nicola Adams um, winning gold at the Olympics. I was on holiday at the time. And that's probably one of my first memories of actually watching boxing. Um, like on the telly sort of thing. Mm. I was watching her. But um, yeah, I think the progression through through the six years is just massive. And I think this year has been the biggest year for women's boxing. Yeah. I, I, I remember when I first... Uh, Jane, Jane Couch. Mm. She, yeah. was the first Brit, she was the first Brit that was on the TV. And I, I, remember, I, I don't know when it was. It might have been 15 years ago, 10, 18. I don't know. But she was the first Brit... Um, mm-hmm. And she was a woman, and it was on the TV, and it was. It, it, I, I don't remember the paper headlines, but it was. You know, it's 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 a woman, and it's boxing, and uh, the safeguarding issue regarding you have to wear. You have to wear like a. You know, there was chest protection, and um, there were so many issues back in the day. And as you said, fast forward from then to now, and you had yeah. Katie Taylor. It was. You know, she was. It was headline. It was. It was. It was just women's boxing. Rachel Ball. Um, yeah. She, had, you know, she had, she had a good win. Um, T- Terry Harper, you know. So there's so, yeah. there's, there's so many there now in 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 all the different weight categories. Um, it's 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 just a huge huge jump in in six in six years. 
it is a massive jump in the six years. Like when I first started, like it's like six years ago, the, probably the only women woman boxer I like could name would be like Nicola Adams and Katie Taylor. But now, like you said, there's there's like Terry Harper. Terry's Terry's only down the road from me, and I've I've sparred her uh, like about eighteen months ago. Where um, so I sparred her, I sparred Nicola Adams. So and like you've got you've got the the all the younger ones coming through because like when I started the gym uh, there was only me yeah. uh, the, there was only me there um, and now we've obviously got the other two female pros with us and then they've gone through the amateurs like with me as well mm-hmm. uh, but they've been there from being probably like 11 12 years old and now we've got like the next generation so there's there's girls at the gym that's been been at the the kids class and now they've just come up to the academy class um that are like 11 and 12 again so hopefully like they'll come through and do exactly what what us three have done yeah keep keep going and then like when they're when they're ready to to turn pro i think women's boxing will it'll just be massive won't it it'll just double, <laughs> like another it? another another six year yeah it'll just double on it how's um terry harper's hand because yeah I, I saw the extra it was a very nasty break wasn't it yeah, I saw I saw the X-ray that um I saw something on um, Instagram t- uh, today actually that she's she's been doing some strength and conditioning stuff, uh, yeah. but I've not actually seen either either break and everything is, but I've seen all the the um the X-rays and stuff. It looked quite nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice of uh, Eddie Hearn to pay for the um pay for the operation. Yeah. Seeing as she f- forgot to get insurance. <laughs> yeah, very uh, <laughs> lucky that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the um on the on on the injury side of things, um, mm-hmm. when you're going into a fight, um, obviously you, you've only just turned pro, and you're coming up against fellow professionals who've been doing it for as long as as, as you have. Um, yeah. do, you worry, do you do you worry about the injury side of things? Um, I haven't I haven't done no in in my last two I've not I've not worried about it no I, I think I'm just more focused about getting in there and. Injuring in, them. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, like, making sure I don't get injured myself by boxing, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and what do, you, what, what do you class yourself as then? Do you class yourself... Uh, obviously, you've, you say you've knocked out both, um, both your opponents. That, obviously, that will stop at some point um, because mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to be coming at yeah. fighters who are better and better, more skilled... So what? Yeah. Um, so apart from apart from your knockout um, skill, um, for somebody that say I've never watched boxing, um, mm-hmm. who would you who would you say you uh, mould yourself around? Whether it's a female boxer or a male boxer. Um, I like I like Katie Taylor. I just think she she likes to get stuck in like a fast hand. Like that's that's kind of how I train, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. I've seen a bit well, that's where you get the hurricane from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my friend named me that. She's because she came to um, she came to watch me at one at my last amateur fight that I did in Worksock, um, and she says she said to me that uh, you're like a hurricane in that ring. And then I were a bit later on. I were uh, like a few few weeks down the line when I when I were turning pro. I was like I I need a name. And then I will. And then like my friend went. Why, why don't you use Hurricane? <laughs> or like, yeah, go on then. Goes well with Hopewell. <laughs> yeah, Hurricane Hopewell. Yeah, it goes goes really well. Oh, that's good. So, Katie Taylor, there's a there's a few 
there's a few other boxers who have similar styles. I was um, mm-hmm. um Shannon Courtney, very forward, yeah. but bit head down. Um, uh, Ebony Bridges. There's there's a few yeah. similar. Obviously, they're not on the same level as Katie Taylor. I think for for me, um, apart from uh, what's that, what's that? Amanda Serrano and um, Clarissa Shields, I think I think she's she's a phenomenal fighter. She yeah. Yeah, I always, I do always watch Katie's fights and um, like try and not, not, not like copy her, but like try and pick just little bits up that I think, oh, I can, I can use sort of thing. So, what are your thoughts on Shields? Just uh, she's just signed the deal now, isn't she, with the MMA? Um, for I, I, I haven't read the exact. Um, I've not read. I've not had a chance to read it actually. I, I, I saw something pop up um, earlier, but I've. I've been at work and then I went straight to training so I've not actually had a look yet um, yeah, she, she is signed, it MMA yes yeah yeah she signed some oh. uh, some deal obviously there's a lot of crossover going on now with um as you mentioned Katie Taylor um one of the names on um uh, on her promoters list is that uh cyborg who is obviously M- MMA um to be fair I don't really know much about M- about about her um, but there seems to be a lot of crossover, you know, you know, going on. Do you think that's do you think that's good for the sport, or do you think it's not? Apart from the net, apart from it being um, a money maker for the uh, for the promoters, and it's going to get you know people watching. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure what I think about that actually, because it's not something I'd ever try. I, I won't try MMA, but like you said, are they, are they doing it for the the money side of it? And is it because she's not she's not been getting a, a fights and stuff i'm not i'm not sure but obviously it's it's, it's you know that's just that's just one name you can mention there's people mm. you know you've had the conor mcgregor fight with floyd mayweather which was uh, yeah yeah it, that's it, true. Was a, it, that was a farce um because <laughs> you've got people you know you you've already boxed for six years you know by the mm. time you've more experienced and gone higher up the ranks you might have fought 15 20 times and been going for 10 12 years and then you've got some youtuber who's fought for six months and they're fighting on a, on a world stage for a couple of million quid yeah yeah i, I, I saw that at the weekend like I, d- I don't get it i don't get it obviously it's like i feel like it's like a bit of a money-making thing because because like they're well known and like with the youtubers and, and everything but like there's 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 people out there that's been training years yeah. And they've not got that opportunity, but then like a YouTuber who's got so many followers and they've been boxing for four months gets that opportunity. So that's the bit I don't agree with. Like there's people training and training and training and they haven't got that opportunity, even though they're probably probably better and more skilled than the YouTubers are. But yeah, for, I, uh, yeah, totally agree. Uh, for me, the other aspect is the safety side. As uh, I watched the gym, yeah. I, I had a discussion with um I can't remember. I think it was my son. Um, uh, you know, who, you know, they're into YouTube and Instagram, and and mm. you know, you've got you've got Jake Paul, who says he's he's trained for a few months, may, maybe up to a year, because I think he's fought before. But he's fighting against a basketball player, knocks him spark, spark out within with whatever it was around. And that's wrong. It's it's a, yeah, well. it's a guy that's probably only ever put his gloves on three months ago. A couple of his bas- basketball mates have probably gone, oh, you know, you're hard. Mm. And he's and, yeah. he's and he's and he's gone in the ring. Um, what I'd like to see, because I know that he's called out Conor McGregor and yeah, and I saw that. He's not a boxer. I'd like him to fight somebody who's 
world number 100 because I think he'd get, he'd get his, his ass handed to him um, with anyone who's got any ounce of professionalism. Yeah, I do as well. If he was if he was to get in the ring with someone who's who's had previous fights and is up there with with at a good level, he won't stand the chance. There'd be people in your gym. There'd be people who in yeah. your gym for five, yeah. 10, 15 years who aren't even in the top thousand of the world yeah. would, would 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 beat him pretty. I bet. I bet when you, I bet I bet there's amateurs that could do it when you think about it. Those who've yeah. had so many fights. In a good level, like is it's just silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but they're making money from it, which. Well, but they're making money from it, yeah. Yeah, for somebody that's just started out, like yourself, you know, you've had, I'll say, yeah. six years, but in, on the professional game, you know, in three, four years' time, you'd like to think that you'd be up there fighting, um, you know, maybe, as you say, on a on a Katie Taylor and, and Katie Taylor undercard, or yeah. you know, even even with one of your own. Um, but then to be uh, let down by a YouTuber being above you. Um, yeah, it's, it's like it's like I've trained for six years as an as an amateur, and I've done everything I can in the amateurs. I've turned pro like this, well, beginning of this year. Yeah, but I haven't had that opportunity like he has, and, he, and what's he done? <laughs> yeah, I think just like, pranks on YouTube, isn't it? I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 So. Maybe you'll have to set up your own YouTube channel and start um, doing stupid stuff on there instead. I'll have to. That's it. I'll have to do it. Let's get on it. <laughs> well, th- thanks. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your um, Sheffield United experience uh, w- uh, w- with us. And um, hopefully, uh, you'll get a fight soon. Um, hopefully. When, the, uh, when when the vaccines come in the next few months, you'll be able to um, fight in front of a crowd again, which would be nice. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, can't wait for that. Yeah, but um, before you go, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're not gonna you're not gonna get away with it. Um, I do believe there's a couple of things. There is a, an appearance on a well-known TV channel. Yep, there is. <laughs> <laughs> on a well-known show. Um, how was your experience with uh, Ninja Warrior? Um, well. I got told when we were going, if I fell on the first um, obstacle, I was walking home from Manchester. I made it <laughs> past the first obstacle. But I've yeah. got to say, the second one was very hard. And I think I was too short to reach the bar Yeah, that I had to swing down. And then I missed that wheel, that wheel thing. Um, and I fell straight in the water. And the yeah, water I was very it. cold. The, the water <laughs> was freezing. I so, can imagine. Yeah. I winced, I winced when you went down. I was like, oh. <laughs> it was very cold. <laughs> yeah, did you get to meet, like, Cabby and Chef and all that? And yeah, they were, everyone we, and... Uh, yeah, they were all, um, they were all in, the, in the back after as well, so that was really good. So they were like, um, Rochelle was there as well, Rochelle Humes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was it were a good laugh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was a good day, so definitely Super. do it again. I would do it again. Excellent. Well, hopefully, hopefully they're listening to this right now. <laughs> Get Nicola Hopewell back on and we'll see what happens. <laughs> but then the last bit, was there uh, about ballroom dancing? Yep, yep. <laughs> there was, when I was, um, for, well, from being five to 16, um, I, used to, I used to go ballroom and Latin dancing. And I've got 
like trophies and stuff from from doing that so yeah that's fantastic so that helped your footwork won't it yeah yeah 100 percent helps with my footwork yeah <laughs> super but yeah i found those little gems out earlier and i thought well i, I can't let you get away with that i've got to bring those <laughs> to us <laughs> I, think, I, think, oh, I love it i think that'll come up in the future you've got lomachenko as a ballet dancer hurricane <laughs> hopewell strictly can dancing champions <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah Nicola, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been good to be on. Thank you. No, no problem. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll get you back on after you've had a few more fights, and you can tell us your uh, your experiences. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll look forward to that. And hopefully, um, Sheffield United won't be bottom of the league by then. <laughs> the bottom, bottom at championship by then. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, brilliant. Th- thanks very much for coming on, and we'll, we'll speak to you soon. No worries, thank you. Thanks very much. Bye. Ta-da. Okay, you're listening to Randolph and Traders on Sportinarium, the brand new internet platform. It's the home of sport. Uh, listen in every week for interviews, results and predictions, and a good bit of old banter. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm Randolph111999, and Treaders is Stee, S-T-E, underscore, Treadwell. Uh, right, a bit of boxing treads. Um... Tonight, we've got Martin Murray. It's his final hurrah, I think, um, for a tilt at the uh, world title. He's fighting Billy Joe Saunders. Um, obviously, everyone's been inactive for quite a while. Um, Murray, he's had 39 wins and five losses. Um, his losses have basically been every time he steps up to the world-class level. Um, you know, Sergio Martinez, he's fought Golovkin, uh, Arthur Abraham, uh, our very own George Groves. Um, he's gone 12 rounds with all of them, apart from Triple G, um, which obviously is a plus for him. Um, and to be fair, I was I, I was gutted for him when he he went out to Germany and fought uh, Felix Sturm for the world title. Um, you know, predictably, you go to Germany to fight a German, uh, you come away with a draw, even though you've won by a mile. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, he's very active on social media, which has uh, stopped him being active in the ring. Hopefully, he's <laughs> learned, hopefully he's learned his lesson. Um, from the stuff that he's said and done and videos he's posted and hopefully he can concentrate on the big fights. You know, his ability deserves that because um, he's got no big names really on his uh, resume like uh, Murray has. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's beaten uh, John Ryder. Eubank uh, uh, well, Jr. Yeah, he's beat, yeah, Eubank Jr. He, to, to be fair, he outboxed him. I thought that was, uh, you know... Uh, Eubank, obviously, he's he's improved a hell of a lot in the last, I, I think it was probably about four or five years ago that he fought him now. Um, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's beaten Andy Lee, he's beaten Willie Monroe Jr. You know, in, in, impressive win against the Canadian uh, David Lemaire. Um, you know, he, he, but he just needs to move up in class. You know, there's, there's so many out there. He's got, you know, Canelo Alvarez, who Callum Smith is fighting um, before Christmas. There's Charlo Golovkin, uh, David uh, Benavides, uh, you know, even Callum Smith, uh, there's, there's that many out there. Yeah. But he chooses to fight, you know, somebody who's he's been around for ages. It's a test, but not really much of a test. You know, what do you, what, what do you think? Um, I think the experience um, that he'll bring will be about all he'll bring to the ring. I, I can see just Billy Joe just blasting him away, to be honest with you. Like you said, he, he he's had some okay fights, but he needs to uh, step up now to that big level. But I suppose, you know, because he's been so inactive, um, I suppose this is a bit of a, a warm-up fight and hopefully he picks someone a little bit better 
Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go against uh, Alvarez or Canelo. Um, I think that would be a better test for him. But yeah, I can't see anything other than a, a Billy Joe win uh, tonight. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, there's you know, there's a few others in the mix. That that, that uh, uh, Benavides, he's 23. You know, he looks you know he looks a monster. And then there's um, uh, Jamie Mungani. He's he's 36 and now he's ranked number three in the world. Um, but ev- you know, everyone's in the same boat. They've all been inactive for a long time. Um, you know, but Calvin Smith has stepped up. He's fighting Canelo. Um, you know, yeah, exactly. So he he, he needs to you know I suppose put the money where his mouth is. Um, yeah, that's it. He's talking in the ring exactly. rather than on social media. Exactly. <laughs> so we're both going for uh, Billy Joe on that one. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. For me, the big fight of the weekend is uh, Errol Spence against Garcia. Um, you know, Spence is unbeaten in 26, 21 by KO. Um, he's slightly taller than Garcia. You know, for me, he's the best fighter in the division. You know, he's he's beaten Lamont Peterson, uh, Bundu, uh, Algieri. Um, but then he's fought next level fighters. He's fought, you know, Sean Porter, um, Kel Brook, um, Mickey Garcia. He moved up last year from a, a weight below. And I thought that was going to be a very good test for him. But he, he just totally outboxed him, strength, speed. Um, he's powerful. You know, every punch, it's, it's got spite in it. Um, if he comes through that, um, you know, the biggest fight of 2021, I don't care who's fighting who, even if it's. Fury against Joshua. The biggest fight for me would be Errol Spence against Tens Crawford. You know, number, yeah. one, number one, number two in the world. You you don't get fights like that. You know, Mayweather should have fought Pacquiao ten years before. Um, you know, the, the massive fights with unbeaten fighters at top top level, they don't get made because of the governing bodies. Nice no, one. So hopefully, um, you know, he, he comes through that. Um, Garcia, obviously, he's had 38 fights. He's won 36. You know, she's only lost two fights, which sounds, you know, impressive. Um, but he's lost against Porter, um, who obviously spent Spence beat. Um, and he lost against Thurman. Um, you know, good fighter, but I, I just don't think he's... There's there's world class, but then there's the elite, the top of the of the pile. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's fought Pauli Mal- Malinagi, Zubjad, Eric Morales, but they were all they were all past their best, you know. And obviously, I'm not going to go into his demolition of Glassjaw Army Khan. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, for me, there's only one winner on that. Um, and that's uh, that, that's Errol Spence. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, again, um, I can't really see past uh, Errol Spence, to be honest with you. Like I say, he's one of the best in the division, if not the best in the division. Um, I don't think Garcia is going to get near him, to be honest. I think he's going to put on a... Real masterclass the weekend. Um, I think he'll come out victorious. I think the only—it's it's not even a doubt—but the, the the question mark would be he had that huge car smash um, about twelve months ago. You know, it was like it, it was a life or death car smash, um, and we hadn't heard we haven't heard from him from six to nine months. And obviously, he's come back now. He's obviously recovered. Um, but for me, obviously, that would be the only. Uh, Question mark, or you know, over him, but hopefully he comes comes through it, and he'll be uh, he'll be there next year because Crawford, uh, as Crawford's already called him out. Um, just hopefully, the promoters, the governing bodies, they all get together and say, yeah, you know, whoever needs to put up the money, put up the money, and just get on with it because it's a fight that everybody will buy on box office, regardless of the cost. Yeah, I agree, and I think we've got some massive fights coming in twenty twenty one. Like I said, the AJ Joshua fight, it's got to happen. It's got to happen at some point. 
Uh, Crawford AJ and Spence. Yeah. Hey, what did I always say? AJ against Joshua. He could fight himself, but not many people would pay for it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. AJ versus Tyson. You know, I, I can't wait for that fight to happen, to be honest. I can't wait. So we can uh, stop the guessing of who's going to easily beat who. And yeah, let's see two of our own go at it. Yeah, I can I can see that. They, they both want it um, as long as he comes through next, uh, you know, next week. We'll have a chat about the Pooler fight next uh, on uh, next week's show. Um, on next week's show, um, we'll be talking big derbies. We've got Man City against Man United. Um, so we've got Ryan Evans coming on. He's going to be battling Man City's corner against our very own Predators, um, who, yes. you know, is a, who you know is a Man United fan. Um, so he'll be up for that battle. Um, we've Definitely. also got uh, Aston Villa against Wolves. Um, so we've got a Villa fan coming on uh, to talk about that. Um, and then obviously we've got the main event next weekend, which is uh, Anthony Joshua against Pulev. Um, we've got a former top amateur boxer uh, and bar sports owner uh, up in Canuck there, uh, Scott Murray. He's going to be on with us. Uh, he knows the ins and outs of AJ. Um, he's met him uh, on many occasions, spent quite a lot of time with AJ over the years, um, as well as many other um, top sportsmen, uh, Hagler, Hearns, Mayweather, Pele. Um, he's had them all at his bar. Um, so it'll be interesting having a chat with him and uh, the ins and outs of the uh, celebrity world, as it was. Um, well, so thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back on. Uh, you'll hear us this Friday, five till seven. Slight uh, time change from last week. Um, so we'll be back on the airways Friday, uh, five till seven. Um, hopefully see you then and uh, catch up with you then, Treaders. See you then. Yep, super. Great, Randolph. Thanks for listening, everyone. Speak to you next week.